Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious Yo, take up, on everybody? music, arts, politics, and, and fashion. The, the founder of We Found Hip Hop so has a say on um, what you should know about culture you know, with a balanced conscience. Subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play Woo-hoo, to the Piper Carter podcast um, to hear the stories and thoughts of Piper Carter. Is, Follow uh, Piper Carter on Instagram and, uh, at Piper Carter. Right now, so uh, shouts out to Kari, Kari Way Frazier. Actually, he has um, a really important event that's coming up that uh, we want you guys to support. And um, if, if people don't know, it's the 30th anniversary um, of, of the public enemy. So um, we want you guys to like come out and support this event. Um, he will put the, the info was put like on the top of um, this podcast, but we want you guys to come out, support. Um, it's going to be lots of great performances and, um, yeah, fight the power. That's what's up. Yeah. So Piper Carter here, um, on Detroit is different and it is a little different without Kari cause Kari be like, cut me off, interject and we be arguing about stuff. So I'm going to kind of miss that, but it's all good. Love you, bro. Um, so yeah, but in the studio today, got some amazing guests slash friends that, um, have stopped by to let us know about the um, great work that they're doing. Want to say what's up to Brittany. Uh, what's up, world, especially Detroit. Our token millennial. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what's up. Our, our token uh, genius millennial. How about that? Okay, I'll that's, add that. That's a, that's a little better. Okay, genius millennial. We yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and yeah, so um, just before we get into the guests and everything, so me and Brittany... Well, Brittany's been um, teaching me. Um, she's been upgrading me. What? Yeah. She's Opposite. Been... <laughs> Complete. She's been upgrading me a little bit. Um, we had, you know, she wanted to come on. She agreed and, um, you know, is going to bless us by helping us produce um, this podcast a little bit more. So we've been having conversations about um, how to do it better. And um, she's got some great ideas. I'm really grateful um that she's here with me grateful that you're here with me and that you're sharing your genius and your awesome ideas so i'm really excited about um about that did you want to share anything or you just want to like save it for i'm gonna save it okay just thank you for that though okay the energy yeah that's what's up okay so into our guests let's just get right into it since we don't have to worry about commercials and things (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um so the guests that i have here today uh we've been talking a lot about um social justice and in the conversation of social justice, there is no justice unless we got economic justice. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and arts and culture. Arts and culture has to be a part of our, of our movements. And so um, the guests that I have here today, they have been doing lots of work in the community, big, huge work in the community, um, and doing movement work in a different way um, and bringing up uh, a lot, a lot of folks along the way and helping to nurture, um, other people and their talent and their skills and, um, just really doing some wonderful, great things here in the city. And we're just really, um, honored for the work that they're doing. Just want to thank you guys, first of all, for the work that you're doing. And then I just want to bring you into the conversation. So just so we know who's in the room, 
I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves because if I say something crazy, I don't want to get – if we on tape and it's forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys in, introduce yourselves so I don't accidentally give away all the goodness. So uh, I, I, is it okay uh, if we do ladies first? Of course. Uh, okay. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you for having us. You know, Piper, this is really awesome. And uh, I'm Marshall Montgomery Favors, that's right, that's and right. I say that slowly because I'm newly married. I'm proud of that. Hey, title, so. <laughs> that's what's up. Shouts uh, out to Black Love. Shouts uh, yeah. out to Black Love all uh, day, but all I day. Also wanted to um, for for people who are out there. I just wanted to describe this this room we're in, this awesome setup. Since it's a podcast, and just to give you some visuals right here. I'm talking when you talk about state of the art uh, technology and equipment. We're sitting around a table that can rival any. Um, newsroom, any radio station that okay. is in the city of Detroit. So, so thank you for the classy uh, yes, yeah. ambiance here. Yeah, let this us know if you want some Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can feel the energy in here, can't you? Yes, oh, the energy's absolutely. strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kari did his thing. Shouts out to Kari. Yes. Shouts out to Kari. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. You, you said mogul out doing mogul things. I see. Mm-hmm. Now we got mogul things going on in here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a little T-shirt to say "Mogul in the Maybe." I'm gonna get a baby T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm Marcel Montgomery Favors with the Trinity International Film Festival. Um, grew up in uh, Detroit, and I grew up in Inkster. Oh my goodness! Hey, I grew up in Inkster. <laughs> hey, shouts out to Inkster, in which town. has right. roots, in town, which in has town. a lot of roots. That's right. That's yeah, right. but I, I say that because it, you know everywhere I go, it's like where you from. You know, you're from Detroit. Like, mm. No matter where you, you know, if you're you're from, you, you're still from Detroit. You know, Inkster is a suburb from you know I've to be, and um, went to uh, Michigan State, and um, I, I always talk about like as a filmmaker, I'm producer director, so mm. as like my film journey, and it started when I went to my very first. Um, like film festival, like almost twenty years ago. I wow. have to, and I have to tell that story because it's this is, it comes full circle, and I just went because I was. Um, I've always been an artist. You know, they always say you truly know yourself. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, like what you really want to do, and I've I've known that I've all I've always been an artist, um, but you know, because I have a regular nine to five, but. I have a five. Uh, when I get off my nine to five, I start my five to nine. Right. Right. And so. You're a hustler, homie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not alone. There's a lot of hustlers out there because mm. I, I, I was uh, uh, telling someone, you know, before we came up that um, everyone that I know wears three or four hats. Right. Because mm-hmm. we have all these passions. And so I went to my first film festival like almost 20 years ago. And I, I just wanted because I wanted to be around that energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but there I met directors actors like producers and i met one in particular who was from detroit and so this person was like you know i'd love to make a film in detroit but i haven't been there in you know like almost like 17 years so i don't have any i said you want to make a film in detroit i was like i'll help right Mm. and so he was like i want to make a film and i need dot 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 so i would go out and find the dot 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 and i did that for many years you were a producer and exactly that's what i was mm-hmm. getting to right because i was doing that for many years and didn't know like right. i was a producer this is how i found out i was a producer right <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got a credit in a film like i went to the premiere like to watch the film right and then there it was just like marshall montgomery you know i wasn't favors at the time honey I, I right? got you, okay <laughs> <laughs> and it said you know producer and i was like wait what let mm. me find out right how did that feel 
oh, that was awesome. Like, the see your name the first time, like, on the screen. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I didn't even know I was, like, getting a credit for it because mm-hmm. I didn't really know the business, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just knew I wanted to be part of it. And so, and that's how I actually learned, right? Like, I didn't go to film school. I would actually, um, you know, find a set, find who I was making the movie, and I would... Uh, volunteer like I would be on set and so like I learned all these different jobs and roles and um, like kind of like how it was kind of like done and so um, come full circle like and so I like wrote a short ended up doing a like a short film and uh, with some friends and then we kind of got together collaborative like three years later finished our first like feature film and and so it kind of all started from there how did you do the the short like, how did you get that done? Did you, like, write it, and then you found the people, and you were like, can you just, like, what was that process like, like, getting that done? And everything was so intentional for me when I first started, because I had, you know, friends. I started meeting people um, who were into film as well, too, and you never, like, want to show your stuff, right? You never yeah. want to, like, show your script because you're just, I don't know, shy about it or whatever. So I had some friends, like, read a script, and I said, um, I got this script, right? And some friend said, you know, I, I, I like this script. Let's do it. Let's shoot it, right? And I was like, wait, what? Mm. And it really happened like that. And they were like, and, and it kind of like forced me to actually be proactive and like do it because I had all this sport, support, right? Mm. I had no excuse at that point because mm. people were saying, we could put this together. We can do this. And, mm. it, and it happened. I remember being scared out of my mind I, also because I was like, well, who's going to direct it? And uh, like a friend of mine said, why don't you direct it? Wait, what and were you scared of? Just not, because I had never directed anything before. Mm. Like I'd help produce, but to actually be in that role where, mm-hmm. you know, like you're responsible for actors and, you know, the whole vision of it all and sort of stuff. And I said, and I said, well, I, okay. It was really like that. Like I was so mm-hmm. nervous about it. And and um, I had a great experience like that that first um, time. But then I say great, it's great because we got it done. Because mayhem mm-hmm. did happen. Like, of course. <laughs> I had an actor that didn't show up. Of course. So I, I mean, I ended up being in the uh, in in the short because mm-hmm. an actor didn't show up. Of and course. it came time and people were like, well, Marshall, what's up? Right. Right. And this actor was Spike and I Lee. Said, and I, I knew, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but I knew the lines. I knew the lines. Of so course. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that character. And um, so I said, great, just because to see it put together like mm-hmm. my cousin edited it and we you know they got it done so to see it you know from start to session for finish something that came out of your head just right. that you made up and you know to know that we went through that whole process and um so that's like was the origins of it and then when i talk about the the 20 years later um you know again and i and i still have um, produced more than i directed but my favorite film festival is the American Black Film Festival, the ABFF. Okay. And that was actually the first film festival I ever attended. Where is that? In Miami. Okay. okay. The A at that time stood mm-hmm. for Acapulco. Oh, so my okay. first okay. film festival. Yes, I traveled to Mexico to be at that, you know, festival. And because our people were there, we were there, right? Nice. Were black and brown people there. And I was just like, I'm going there, right? And so what happened is they always have these contests that they do. And so they had this, um, like a contest to create a video that was sponsored by uh, a food company i won't say who it is because you know when they need dollars to do it mm-hmm. then you know i'll mention their name okay <laughs> so <laughs> and so i created this um this video and it ended up being like a top 
three selection for the festival. Oh, wow. That's dope. And it, and it happened to be the 20th anniversary of the festival. Wow. So to come back to that festival 20 mm-hmm. years later, like as a director, was like... You was Ava oh, DuVernay. Oh, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> Queen she, Ava. <laughs> if I can Which chime one? in on that part. Right wait, wait, who are yeah, you? Yeah, tell me. Oh, hey, 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 we're, honey, hey, we're who up. are you? I'm Lazara Favors. I'm, I'm hearing some back. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. I'm Lazara Favors, uh, co-director of uh, Trinity International Film Festival. Marcel Montgomery Favors' husband. Hey. <laughs> Support system, hey. all those good things. And before I decide to even go into me, we not finished with her. She's a big deal. She is. I mean, she's a big oh. deal. She's, she's a huge she's deal. She's not even really, yeah, she's not even touching the surface. Yet. I know. She's a big deal. Uh, now, this film she's talking about, this short film, she wasn't going to shoot it. We She shot it in a day. Oh, wow. Shot it in one day. She had the timing down to when the sun was going to come down the whole okay. night. I mean, wow. I've never seen nobody like that in my life at that time. Okay. Like, I see her every day now, so I know what she's like. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so she um, she shot the film. The, uh, it was screened in front of, what, 3,000 people at the ABFF. Mm-hmm. They flew her out there. Okay. All <laughs> expense paid. Okay. Right? So, and uh, just, just seeing her in that mold was... Uh, I knew it was serious. Wait, wait. When was this? This was 2016. 16. This was 2016. Yeah. And you guys were an item? Were we, you? Did? We were not an item. Woo. Okay. Since you okay. brought that up. <laughs> brought Tell that, that story. I'm I nosy. Back, I can backtrack a little <laughs> bit now. I wasn't going to talk about t-shirts, but it, it, it has its place in this story. It does. Okay. And it's relevant. I've, I've been in business designing t-shirts and uh, running a t-shirt company since... I met her, mm-hmm. which was 17, 18 years ago. Oh, okay. And I met her. Uh, I, I was so excited. I had just started my business. I was uh, doing all the festivals. So I saw this one posting for um, the Concert of Colors, which she mm-hmm. ran. Yeah. She ran the Concert of Colors, right? Mm-hmm. So I go, I go and uh, I fill out the application. She comes out this one door with this blue suit on with this tight ponytail. Uh-oh. Right? And she says nothing. <laughs> she set the paper down like here sign this okay <laughs> I sign it like... she takes it come back okay see you on this particular day she walks out the room I I don't think I seen I didn't see her I knew of her we, we in passing because I did the concert of colors like three times mm-hmm. let's move forward 2015 I saw her getting an award for I think it was the Actors Society an mm-hmm. award and I congratulated her right mm-hmm. So she, I reached out to her because I was thinking about doing some things and I wanted it to be documented. So uh, I ended up meeting her in the park and I'm, I'm making this longer than I should, but I end up meet, but it's all, it all it's all relevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ended up meeting her in the park and I was late. And at that Uh-oh. time we had a discussion, but she also said, you only get one time to be <laughs> late with me. Professional. And, wait, well, wait though. That was the one time. Uh, right. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know that was the of one course. time. Of course. So I don't see her for another year, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> Which is probably February of 2016. Okay. So this is where it gets good. Right? <laughs> so um, we're talking again. She let me back into her uh, circle of mm-hmm, uh, business. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I w- again, I was doing some things for uh, veterans and um, some homeless people at that time. And I had brought it to her attention. And we were just talking. We were talking about our... Um, her business, our business, film, uh, music, uh, fashion, uh, and the things we like to do. Not really 
entertaining each other as a relationship. Mm-hmm. We just start talking. So this particular day, and I'm moving forward a little bit more. This particular day, she asked, we were, let me back up. We were hanging out. Mm-hmm. We were just downtown because we both work downtown. We were just hanging out. Nothing, you know, just everything informal. So this particular day, she calls me and she say, do you want to go to this dinner with me? So I said, is Quick. it a date? It was a company dinner. But, it, mm-hmm. but look, wait. It's okay. I said, is it a date? <laughs> and she got weird. She's like, what? Wait, no. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean? Right? So, so mm-hmm. and I just, I just need to know. Thing. She wanted to be clear. I just need to know because, you know, if I'm a, a friend suit or a, a date suit, friend cologne or date cologne. I just Hilarious. need to know which one, right? So, <laughs> what on earth I'm just is friend cologne? Friend cologne. Friend cologne is CVS cologne. You okay. Know, English okay. leather. You know. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> millionaire man. Y'all know the cologne. Aquafresh. So the question is: Is what cologne did you wear? Date cologne is. Oh, the I wear date cologne. King. Okay. okay. I, I, I am king. You know. Okay. I am king. Okay. <laughs> it was date cologne. <laughs> It's actually her favorite right now. So okay. I keep that stock. I'm like, there you go. I get stock in that one. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that's that's part of our story. And if you don't mind me backing up, again, I am Lazara Favors. I am a co-director of Trinity International Film Festival, owner of Everyday I'm Okay, um, a positive brand apparel. And, uh, yeah. Honey, so. I thought you were going to tell the story about... Because the, the film actually wouldn't have gotten done if it wasn't for him. Because he stepped, he I stepped in. You see I how your know. wife got your back? Yeah, she don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> he actually stepped in because the contest. This was the timeline, right? The mm-hmm. contest was. It was like two weeks. It was like due, and I was. Oh like, my god! I was like, it's, 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 it ends in like next week, right? And he was like, "Yeah, we can do this." Okay. And so again, going back to the you know the first one they got made all you need is sometimes that support yeah. right mm. and because um, at this time we, we weren't dating at like, all yeah we all. weren't we weren't dating at the point he's like but and i'm just like okay this this brother said he gonna he's gonna be there let me let me put him to the test let me t- make a list of what we need <laughs> to get this done right because right? it's more than a notion to, yeah to make you know to do a project to do mm-hmm. a film project I'm like let's let me put it to the test let's see what he, what he can deliver on here right mm-hmm. um and when i say he delivered 110 <laughs> percent um because even though we shot it in one day of course there was prep work to that of course right? yes so that was going to every locations and and you know kind of uh, mapping out where we wanted to shoot, what we wanted to do, getting the actors, and went through a talent agency. And um, and but for his part, there was um, this bike that we needed right mm-hmm. in there. So and then of course you can't have any copywritten material. So he right. actually made the apparel like okay. the, wow. that the um, actor wore, and um, so like all these things and 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 showed up and was crew and and <laughs> okay and and and, and I have to say this part also right. <laughs> Because, you know, people who know me, they kind of, you know, I have a great personality, but some people don't know set Marshall. They don't know right. director Marshall. Right, <laughs> right, right. And, and, and he survived that. Okay. <laughs> right? He survived that piece of it. So, and getting that project done. And, and for me, I think the attraction was mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest attractions is because a lot of people will talk. A lot of people will say, oh, I'd like, you know, mm-hmm. let, let's do this, let's do that. And, then, and it's just talk. But he was a doer. And he could deliver. He came through, and I was like, "Wait a minute, so that piqued my interest." Right. You, know, you actually do what you say you're integrity. gonna do. Yeah. Some in- a brother integrity. with some integrity. And follow through. Well, all right. To the end. 
know, a lot of people don't understand. And, and he that. followed me all the way to the end of the to the of the altar. So that's what's up. But the support thing you said is crucial. People don't understand what that does. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have somebody that that is like minded and supports your vision and can see your. In order for somebody to support your vision, they have to visualize it with you. Absolutely. So yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's that's so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> we need we need more of that. Yeah, we we try to share it all the time. I mean, I, I I love this love. Like it's not love is not something in my opinion. It's not something that um that you can um you can write a I mean, you can write about it. You can write how you want it, but it, it develops itself. I mean, mm. it's exactly what you put into it. It's like we mm-hmm. we have this thing. When someone asked me at one point uh, a couple weeks about a month ago, like how do you sustain it? How do you how do you keep loving? And mm. I said it's it's really like when you drive a car, right? In order for the car to keep going, you must gas it up mm-hmm. every now and then. Get low, get the E come on. You gas it up. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the with the love with the relationship. You use the same octane gas that you use to start it. So I just, I'm on that 93 all the time, that, you know, that high <laughs> octane with her all the time. We get low, I just refuel it. We go back and we, we pick up those those pe- those things that we started with, that excitement, that uh, those walks, those talks, those text messages full of music and full of uh, inspiration throughout the day. We do that constantly. It mm-hmm. becomes a habit. So that's our habit. You know, I think it's hashtag no breaks. Mm. So, mm. You know, and you guys doing. are friends. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, so yes. that's oh, yeah. yeah. And you can and you can Absolutely. tell your friendship. So that's really that's really powerful. Yeah. When you see like that people are actually friends, they get along, they enjoy one another's company and that makes a difference like in any relationship, like um I'm going to say especially a work relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but especially a work relationship when you're also in an intimate relationship. Yeah because you can always be together or you can fall out about something work related and then have to remember like, okay, that's work. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be on your ass tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But let me talk about that. But let's cuddle tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Let me talk about that for a minute. Let me talk about that for a second. Because what, uh, you know, and like I said, we're we're newly married. So, um, and so even in that learning, let me tell you what I feel like has uh, grown out of that as well, too. Um, So in supporting one another, you really learn also what each other need, mm-hmm. what we need, what our needs are. And um, so he knows like now, like when I'm frustrated with something or, or if I, um, you know, have too much on me, things like that. It's like working our way through it has really um, been a growth, like in our relationship, mm-hmm. like really kind of paint because he, he pays attention. First of all, he pays attention. And, um, and you hear that? And yeah. it's <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so, and so, vice versa. Like with me, in in learning each other, um, w- you know, we we try to you know find a way to uh, support each other in the best way that we can. So e- even you know, you know, through like the craziness of like, mm-hmm. working on projects and things like that too. We take those pauses and kind of look at each other and 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 feel each other out and find out what we ch- what we need you know mm. for each other. Like in those moments. Yeah. yeah. That's that, really that, important. That, that's very important. Mm-hmm. And again, 
I do pay attention. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, the only way I'm going to learn all the things that I know about her is paying attention to every move and kind of documenting it in my head on, mm-hmm. okay, this going to require this response and this will require this response or this will require no response at all. Mm. Right? So it's just, it's for me, it's just knowing that I want her I want the best of her and I want her to be able to present the best of her. So whatever mm-hmm. that takes, whatever right. it takes from me, which, you know, I'll, I'll apply it. So. Okay. When is your workshop for men? <laughs> <laughs> you know how many sisters out here? They want, they want you to, uh, so listen, Piper Carter podcast. We're going to have a, a workshop for men. Lazar is going to come teach y'all. Um, and and um, just just to keep, I mean, since you brought that up, it's like, that's really what it takes. Just pay attention. You'll know everything you need to know if you're paying attention. You'll know what not to do if you're paying attention. Like some some people choose to, to do the opposite. Like I choose to just, I'll sit back and I'll observe. I'll take my time observing. She can ask me a hundred times, a hundred times the same thing, and I'll answer it a hundred times. Even though I know I have no idea <laughs> where your purse is because I don't carry it, but I'll find it. <laughs> See, I'll tell, I'll tell her. Listen, Piper, she asked me, "Honey, where are the keys at?" <laughs> Instead of me answering, that means, "Honey, find the keys." Oh, okay. <laughs> You understand? You're you an interpreter. I interpret it, right. Marshall Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, have you seen this? No, I don't wear it. I'll say that in my head, but I'll find it. There you go. Because I know that's But you don't tell her that. No, no, Okay, no. yeah. You know uh, what to do. She'll come back in the room and I'll, it'll just be sitting there. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. See? And it's very, it's, it becomes a habit. Mm. You mm-hmm. do it again, you know, anything you do it more than 20 days is a habit. So. Okay, so we're going to have a 20 step video <laughs> series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dope, though. Yeah. Um, so I want to move into a conversation about um, because both of you guys do what I would consider community building. Yes. Um, and even though the work that you do is kind of very different from one another like you are kind of more in an organization and yours is more a business mm-hmm. um but the business is like mission based so it's in the land of building community and yes. things like that yes. and so i wanted to kind of talk about you guys um as people that Actually, that actualize and live this mission-based, what should I say, culture, or you, this is, this is who you are. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, some people go to work, and, you know, they want to help, so they might, you know, buy a homeless guy a sandwich one day, so they could, like, feel good about themselves right. or do you know what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. like, like a yeah. simple act, which is not, you know, to like downgrade that, but this is actually your lifestyle. Yes. So yeah. this That's is a great choice of words. right? You there. know what I mean? This yeah. is how you guys, so I wanted yeah. you guys to kind of speak to you 
living this as a lifestyle and I I don't mean in terms of like through your organization or anything like that but just as a yourself you know what I mean like that kind of oh uh, yeah I I can speak uh, on that heavy really it's um I live to bring a smile to somebody's face like I live it like that's my purpose every day unconsciously is mm-hmm. what I want to see happen not just with, with um not with just homeless people, but people in general, mm-hmm. not just with vets, but people in general. Uh, I think what's, what what I, um, again, I, I started a company called Everyday I'm Okay, and that company serves as a, a, as a, as a message. It's not a, for me, it's not about the, the shirt, the cha- it's not about any of those things. It's about what it does for the person that's wearing it or the, or the, or the person that has it, because I've seen what it does for the person that wears it, right? Mm. Um, I started out maybe 2014, late 2014, and I've always been a servant of my community. I'm from the east side. Near, Where? Uh, <laughs> the Grand Boulevard, Canton Street, Concord. Over okay. That way. Yeah, you know, I grew up over there for, uh, yes, there's a ton of us over there. Sorry, I went back. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, it, and I started in my own community, like, unconsciously, my mother mm. used to do it. You know, mm. she created that thing. You know, I remember. Um, Shouts out to your mom. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time I was uh, even introduced to community building. Uh, it was work. Mm. My mother, we had this curb. I don't know if y'all remember this back. We all we all old enough to accept maybe her. But <laughs> we all old enough to know. My mother started this thing. She wanted me to paint the curb mm. in front of our house. I'm 13, right? Now, it sounds easy, but the curb is filthy, so you got to clean it, right? You got to clean the dirt, get the paper, the bags, and the glass. Then you got to wash it, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she's not having that. You got to wash. You can't paint over dirt. Mm -hmm. So I wash the curb, wait till it dry, and then paint the curb, which is about a four-hour process that you don't get paid for at 13 from your moms. So what that started, it was a, a um, elderly woman across the street who saw all of this going on. Mm. So she asked, oh, you want to paint my curb? Mm. Well, let me ask my mom's. Mm-hmm. My mother, of course, she sent mm-hmm. me over there. All right. So Did I she see, make her pay you? No, my <laughs> mother made me do it for free. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the next lady, who was mm-hmm. th- the next door neighbor, said, hey, I'll pay you $20 to paint the curb. Oh, wow. So she, but I did three curbs for $20, basically. Wait, what colors? White. White. Okay. Oil-based paint, which I didn't know what that was at the time. That's the paint that does not come off your skin <laughs> right? without gasoline or oh, something. Oh, man. Right? I so, wonder how you found that out. <laughs> the hard way. We were like, boy, what is all that paint? Well, I didn't know. So, so I, and I say I use that as a, as a, um, as the beginning because what that did was three weeks later, up and down the street you see mm. white curves, mm. right? It, you know, she went out and she had planted these flowers. I don't know if y'all remember Home and Gardens. Mm-hmm. She was in that book every year. So it just it just established what something can do if you mm. do it first. Without, with your intentions, is just to make something happen without right. think without having people think that you're doing yeah. it to show them up. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it started, it kind of started there, and I just took that on uh, throughout my life um, and just moving forward with every day I'm okay. It just, I, um, I just made a decision. 
I made a decision and like, this is what I want to, this is the person I want to be. And this is the person I want people to know. So, um, I, d- I end up, uh, developing this, this everyday thing with everybody. Like, uh, uh, became this, uh, me and my, our daughter, Riley, we used to feed Shouts out to Riley. Shouts out Riley. to Riley. <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> we, we, we fed people on a regular not because we were trying to you know oh this is what i do it was never that it was just because i wanted them to eat mm. i wanted that person to, and not just feed them i have a conversation with them you learn a lot from people that live outside of uh what we call a comfort yeah you know, these, these people have a lot of knowledge so i was sitting we just have conversations and that became a normal thing for us mm. um and of course my daughter would make sure I fed somebody every single day because it mm-hmm. became normal for her to notice that. Mm-hmm. So we uh, moving forward with that. Um, it's just, I f- it feels good for me, me personally. Like I live for this, me personally, um, that I, I encourage somebody every day, but it started with me. I had to encourage myself first. I'm, I'm mm. glad you said that. Right. Cause I want to, I oh. was hoping you were going to touch okay. on that. <laughs> it because started with me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Because because it does. It starts with the individual. It yeah. starts with self. Mm. And, yeah. um, you know, he's the person that, that meditates, you know, like in the morning. And, and he makes sure that he's full so that he's mm. able, you know, to, to give as much as he gives. Right. You know, uh, you know he's a uh, vegetarian slash vegan. He's very hey. little, she said. <laughs> but... Um, Eating good. Yeah, you know, and so, like, physically, mentally, and, um, and, like, and you talk about just positivity, like, the whole positive affirmations, Mm -hmm. and his mindset, and the way that he thinks, and thinks about community, and thinks about people, um, his is is this positive mindset as well, too, and I'm going to say that, um, you know, going back to like one of the attractions like about him as well too when we first met people used to always tell me that um about my energy like they would say you know like i had this positive energy Mm. or i had this aura and people Mm -hmm. would always say that to me and and i like i kind of took it for granted and um and when we met Mm -hmm. i felt his energy like Mm. i knew what people were talking about because it was uh, a reflection yes it was this reflection Mm -hmm. and you know and and just the the positivity that you know he speaks about uh, other people and for his life and the people around him um was like contagious and um so it it really you know it starts with the person and so i'm glad you that you mentioned that that you know it starts with self well tell me about because i was just to you guys are just incredible. We can go on and on about all <laughs> the stuff you. you guys do. Thank you. And I wanted Aww, you guys to tell you. me about, um, because you guys have taken that love you have for others, and now you're creating this opportunity for other people through this, through this film festival. So I wanted you guys to talk about the opportunities. Well, first of all, tell us about the film festival. And let us know about how this film festival is creating opportunities for people to 
I want to say basically live their dreams. Yeah. Well, the, so the we're blessed enough to be in our twelfth year, and it, and it really all started, like I said, when I attended that first festival mm-hmm. um, at the ABFF, and um, and from that I was I was like I was constantly traveling, like going to festivals, and I would meet people from Detroit, like. Other pl- like I had to go to yeah. Mexico, right? Yeah. Meet someone from Detroit. Like I had to go to Jamaica at a film festival to meet someone from Detroit. And I was like, where does that community live here? Mm. And there were pockets of things like going on, but I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of connectivity. Mm. Um, and so, um, so we it was uh, three of us that like started it, and so we named it, you know, Trinity because there was three I was looking for mm. another word for three I wasn't even thinking Holy to Trinity at the time so we d- we get a lot of faith based films mm-hmm. um, and we're good with that and um, and so the whole idea was to provide a platform so that um, we could showcase our own work and mm-hmm. but but n- before that it was creating the work mm. and like I said it's too hard to make a film by yourself and so we right. were like at, so at that time like today technology has advanced and you know you can i mean you can make movies on your iphone as yeah. well too but you, will you know, smith be doing it on instagram all day every day i love this <laughs> i like a lot of stuff right <laughs> um but you know and, and but back in the day like if you knew someone who had a camera mm-hmm. you know i remember the first time someone i met had a canon xl1 and i was hey. like what right you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if so we pieced it together we found someone who had lights someone else who had you know who could write someone else who had um like equipment and you know we kind of like like pieced it together um so we wanted to keep that kind of momentum going and so it kind of snowballed from there so we tried to create this practice platform so that other artists could showcase their work yeah um but as the and actually actually we were only going to do the, the film festival for three years it was going we we're going to be three and out right okay and this was what year this was 12 years ago okay wow yeah that was 12 years ago so so and we started getting these like just awesome opportunities um and then we started to realize um the needs that we had Mm. you know as um well i I work in race relations also Mm -hmm. so uh i really started seeing like this need for like black and brown people to like get their foot in the door and have more stories told from like our perspective and Mm -hmm. so it 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 snowballed into um not only how do we get these things made but where do we find resources and where do we kind of um, build this sense of community so that um, we can help support one another mm-hmm. and and support meaning this because like even then nobody had any money and we still don't have any money and um, oh I gotta, thought you guys we were gotta, making like goo gobs of gajillions yeah. <laughs> 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 and, <laughs> but but what we can do is um support one another even like even through social media by by you know when someone has a premiere like like the premiere you have yeah yes (laughs) but also you know i I think it's so also important because sometimes we encourage other filmmakers to support somebody else like promote somebody else's film today right Right. that that you don't know or 
or contribute to their Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaign. That's so important. It's it's like all those like little things. We may we we have the ability, you know, like to do it. And the whole idea was to have this uh, connectiveness with the arts community. Um, and there's still a challenges with that. Mm. There's there's still challenges with um, you know less like trying to get on the same page. And so like. So we came up with these um, some things that everybody could do, no matter mm-hmm. what. If you're an emerging filmmaker or you're an established filmmaker, like what what could we do? Um, and so some solutions. Yeah, some solutions, and mm-hmm. we focus on like the solutions because we we could talk about what we the lack and what right. we don't have all day, right? Right. But um, where can we find connect? We focus on those things. How can we build? You know, how can we connect? Um, and you know, who how does what? Who does what and who can br- who can we bring together and, and make this project happen? Mm-hmm. Like what what we what we truly stand on is again bringing people together that may not even know each other. That are you know some people are afraid to move outside mm. of their square and outside of their circle. So we we put them all in the same in the same space, and, yeah. and then they realize like oh you do that oh I, I do this, and then they'll we have this we have a we have several filmmakers. That we um that we call it that we have a collective of I'll call it a collective mm-hmm. that are geniuses and they're young and they're mm. amazing filmmakers so we we do our best to highlight them right at, at all times and right. even if it's just contributing to their project or um finding um uh, um, um what's what do you call it honey spaces venues, Fi- and, venues spaces and spaces and, and, and you always need, need resources like yeah. that just helping let them use our cars whatever providing yeah. resources and access to resources absolutely yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so in detroit um how is it that you're able to to do this because detroit is not la like if you go to la it's been you know capital of film since what charlie chaplin right but, uh <laughs> so there's like you know all the levels <clears throat> all the way from like your huge you know, uh, an enormous budgets, you know, unlimited budgets, um, and resources are available for people to get films done all the way from there, all the way down to like you making a selfie film with your iPhone, um, whether it's studios or equipment trucks or, you know, uh, you know, every, everything in between that you would ever need. And so, um, I know that films are made in Detroit. I know that we have, do we have a office of film in the mayor's office here? Like they do in New York city. Like, does that exist? Like where you get your permits and things like that? Or is it a different? So our, our film office is mm-hmm. actually in Lansing. Mm. So, that, so that's, yeah, that's the, the film office, but Detroit has a you know, like a film office as well too. Like mm. you said, that will hand if you're doing something in the city of Detroit, need a permit for mm-hmm. um, that you could coordinate that through their office as well too. Very mm-hmm. interesting. That's a good question. So yeah, so I'm just thinking like when, because I know for sure, like when uh, Terminator came here or like any big film like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna get catered to because mm-hmm. at the end of the day they're bringing money, mm-hmm. you know, let's right. just be clear. So they're going to ha- be able to, you know, have access. Everyone's going to be seeking them out to, 
right. you know, help them with equipment trucks or help them with location, craft services, like yes. uh, everything they need, right. right, to do their film assistance, blah, 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 hair, makeup, the, but um, special effects <laughs> people. But I'm wondering, um, in Detroit, you know, um, what exists or is it maybe it's you guys where people could, you know, whether they want to be in the business of film behind the scenes, you know, whatever, whether they want to study um, and, and whether it's on like a student. But I guess I'm kind of speaking more to people who actually want to do what I would call a professional film, whether it be like a small film or larger scale. Like yeah. how do people would people come to you to get those resources or find out where to get those resources? Um, well, I want to answer that question twofold. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'm glad you, you brought that up of, you know, the studio realms and what I, you know, the independent films, mm -hmm. right? Um, cause like those budgets are everything <laughs> in between, in between, right? Right. And so I, I just wanted to, um, kind of make that distinction, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, we you know we had tax incentives here for films, things like that, and mm -hmm. those incentives really kind of catered to like the studio film. So right. all the things you were talking about with the bigger budgets mm -hmm. and the location, the rolling out, you know, all the the, the things that they need um, as well too. Not that you couldn't have been an independent film and applied for those um, incentives as well too, but mostly, large in part, those were for um, mm -hmm. the larger studio films right mm -hmm. so we work in that independent circle right okay like a films and and so um well, I, I just remember one time even for myself i had this epiphany because you know they were talking about the incentives going away and and that's like taboo now to tell you also that's like taboo now in like the state of michigan like nobody wants to talk about incentives anymore because mm. it's like a past thing like it's it's they've moved on from that right mm. but in terms of like this having this conversation today I wanted to just tell about this epiphany that I had mm -hmm. one time. Like, so I go to this meeting and there are hundreds of people because the incentives were going away. Yeah. Right. They were, they was, wanted to keep them. They were, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely wanted to keep them. And I was in the back of the room and I was, I was saying to myself that this, this is not my tribe mm. because you have people who want to be, um, a part of something great. Like mm -hmm. a Batman, Superman, they have the high budgets mm -hmm. and they know they're going to get a paycheck, you know, mm -hmm. for working on, and they can get in the unions and have mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. experiences and, and work, you know. And then you have folks on the independent side as well, too. Mm -hmm. Who, yeah, I said you have people who want to be a part of the great and you have folks who want to create great. There you go. And that's that's where I felt like my mm -hmm. tribe was. Right? Okay. I Those were the independent entrepreneurs. I mm -hmm. felt like if if you grew and I, I, if you grow independent film companies as small businesses, mm -hmm. because anytime you start a film, it's the like right. that film LLC, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if we concentrated like on that as as growing, as looking at filmmakers as these entrepreneurs, these small, you know, these mm. business owners, right? right. Um, that you can increase those resources because if they have a successful film, then they're able to hire more people. They're able mm -hmm. to make a living you know, like kind of like doing this. And so when you talked about the professional part, mm -hmm. so I know that um, as independent filmmakers, we, s we still have to get out of this um, whole culture of cutting corners. Like, mm. like people think, you know, I can remember working on earlier sets and people would be like, Marshall, this isn't Hollywood mm. because <laughs> I wanted some order and structure, like, like, mm -hmm. like on the set. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but at the same time, you still have to have that professionalism. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's, a, it's still a job. It's still, still a, a job. Absolutely. Yeah. And why and not use that mentality? Absolutely. The Hollywood mentality. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and so so that's where I felt like some of uh, our needs are as independent filmmakers mm-hmm. is, you know, again, with that show business is learning the business side of it. Okay. I feel like I, I we know, like you said, some of the geniuses that we, you know, they're all yeah. filmmakers. They can make films. Right. right? They have that part down, right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of the business aspect of it, okay. right? And, um, and that's something you're great at. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that's but, something you're great at. But so. even, um, like, involving, um, like, SAG and, uh, like, we don't have a SAG office here. It's our closest one, like, is in Chicago. Mm. Okay. Like, like, independent filmmakers can still do a SAG ultra-low-budget contract mm-hmm. okay. and, and um, make their film, um, like, go through that process and... And you can still, um, the biggest thing that I think that we lack as well, too, is, like, with distribution. Like, mm. like solving that whole, ch- ch- mm-hmm. and, and we're still trying to, you know, right. learn in that area as well, too. But mm-hmm. having a, a film and then, you know, taking it from um, production to post-production to, you know, afterwards, like, like finding distribution either for your film or self-distribution, you know, is an option as well too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so we have that uh, we create like seminars and workshops and things like that, that, um, so wherever there's a need and like distribution is like a huge, um, topic that comes up. Right. So what, it's not us like dictating what we think filmmakers need to know mm-hmm. because like we're in the same boat. We're still learning as well too. Right. But as we find out information and we're able to grow, we sh- make sure we're sharing that information. We, sh- we make sure that we're providing resources and, and people who have that knowledge for people to come and, and learn that information so that they, they can grow and be more successful. And so tell us about the festival. Tell us about the Trinity Film Festival. So like maybe a little bit of like, you know, what, what happens there and like, you know, what you've, your favorite parts about it. And you know what I mean? Just, just let us, let us know can about I, can it. I, can I start Why are you cracking yeah. up? Yeah. Wait, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a piper. Explain what a film festival is. All okay. right. For someone right. who's never been. Okay. Thank you. I'll start what it entails. Cause that is the biggest part. First, we, you have submissions. You have people submitting their film from all over the world. And we view those films. Well, I, I view those films mostly a hundred plus films that we uh, that's a, that we, we get from all over the country. How long does that take? Oh, forever. Takes forever. Well, how long? <laughs> how long are the films? <laughs> well, we get films <laughs> as short as a minute. Okay. This is true. Short as one minute. We had one film where the person was just clicking the light on and off one minute hmm. to 90 minutes was a feature so a short to a how feature. many 90 minute films did you have to watch oh my goodness <laughs> oh maybe 20 oh 27 20, 27 a, now this is just for clarity you're watching these films to see if they can be in the film festival. Okay. yes that's okay. we're, we're it's this uh screening process okay. the pre-screening process mm-hmm. so to back that up first we we um we're on this platform called film freeway 
mm-hmm. where um, it's just submitting. It's a film fee. It's a festival uh, website where hundreds and hundreds of festivals from all over the world uh, have the, are on this platform to where independent filmmakers submit uh, to these festivals. Okay. So in our festival, um, we have we accept um, pretty much everything except something horrific type film we'll send that back and refund that so um these films are fiction films and documentaries yes fiction films documentaries some videos we uh we start receiving videos music videos okay that's dope so yeah so yeah uh you can take it from here though she has the rest (laughs) 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 um so, the, you know, of course, the highlight of any film festival is watching the independent films. Um, and it can be anything from a short film to a feature uh, film. And so, um, and but surrounding it as well, too, are all these other activities, such as uh, sometimes we have, like, uh, parties, filmmaker events, like networking events where filmmakers can come and uh, network with one another. Um, there's workshops as well so people can learn more about their craft and Mm. about the industry um that's important and we have this uh um like it's a celebration as well too because we have Mm -hmm. an awards night where Mm. we have like a red carpet event where Mm. you know there's there's food and um music and you know it's like just yeah festival for the food oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and we have great food at our festival it's vegan Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Absolutely. That's a must. All right, I'm there. Wait, how many films do you actually accept into the festival? I'll talk so about we, it. Well, we get about, th- we have about 300 in right now. And we'll accept. What? Yeah. You know why he wants to talk about it? I, I want to talk about it. He wants to talk this. about it because, because last as a year, judge. Last oh, year. got it. No, I we're, we're, we're only supposed to screen, you know, based on what we discussed. Yeah. It's 45 films over uh, That's several still a days. That's lot. Yeah. <laughs> last so year, we, we screened 63, 63 films. Whoa. Last year. Talk went, about that. You're talking about in the, in the festival. In the festival. 63 films I went over in the board. festival. How many days is this? We, we, had, to buy, we had to get it an extra three. day, so it was three days. Almost. I added an extra day so I can get more films in. Last <laughs> oh <year>. wow! <laughs> but but the beauty of the beauty of it is we get to introduce films from all over the country and all over the world to our city, and we always yeah. take it. And we had what fifteen filmmakers from our city alone. Okay. That we, we definitely we always screen our Detroit filmmakers. We always right. screen. Of them. course. You know they bring we put them in a hot spot. You know the hot spot. Is. We put of them course. In that prime spot. They bring yeah. their family and their friends, nice. and just seeing that. That is satisfaction right there. Yeah. Just Wait, that. where? Where do oh. you guys do the festival? We're so at the... Go ahead. So the films are screened at the Marlene Bowl Theater right downtown in the at the YMCA. They oh, have a, nice. They have a theater in there. It's like okay. a black box theater. Beautiful. And then we have a partnership with um, the Car Center Gallery. Mm-hmm. It's right there like on Woodward. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, so there's art and music and food, and that's where we have our red carpet event and uh, sometimes some of our workshops. And uh, we do scream some films there as well, too, like mm-hmm. a lot of the, our uh, artistic you know, type. Wait, so when is this festival? It's August 8th through the 12th. Okay, So it's coming there. up, right? So we got to go. We gotta yeah, go. you got to come. Please. You got to go. There. Right. There. We're, we'll keep promoting it, too. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank, thank you. you. And it, it's thank done, right? Like, you guys already have all your films. 
Oh, or are yeah. you still accepting films? Oh, we're accepting the... films to the 22nd of June. I was just going to ask that. That's yeah. the last yes. day and you can submit. how do they submit it? Uh, via Film Freeway, Trinity okay. Film Festival. Trinity okay. International Film Festival. And so yeah. they go on the website, and then is it like a link or? Yeah, they go on the web. They go on Film Freeway. They upload their film, their information, the um their credits, anything they anything um, that they can upload regarding the film, mm-hmm. information about the film, et cetera. And you said till the 23rd. 22nd. 22nd. To the 22nd. Right. 22nd. Okay, of this month. Yes. yes. So that's like, is that a week? 12 days. 12 10 days. days. 10 days. 10 days. Okay. 10 so days. people could still send you. So are, are you looking for uh like how many more films like 20 more <laughs> one minute films or <laughs> are you gonna do a one minute film festival we, we're looking for some comedy a one minute okay. mini film festival oh comedy yeah we're looking for some comedy okay i mean i think i think we're pretty secure on everything else that we uh we were looking well, I, for yeah i like good stories i'm looking for good stories good stories <laughs> yeah good stories comedy Okay, so, that's what's up. Man. And just for everybody that's listening, I uh, got the computer up, and it's pretty simple. You go to the website, and you can even type the actual film festival in, and it'll come up. It'll give you information about it. It's super dope, and you guys are super cute together. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Thank you, so um, beyond the festival, I mean, you spoke on it a bunch. You know, you integrated it. Um, so once people submit to your festival and let's say there's um accepted and they become a part of uh you know i would call it maybe your family Mm -hmm. and things like that um do you guys offer past the festival support for those people i'm so glad you brought that up because that is what sets us aside from everybody else Mm -hmm. we are in constant contact constant promotion constant um constant support i mean we answer every call even we just had a call from australia mm. uh, a, a guy who uh, submitted a film who was awarded uh last year as amazing film also mm. and he, he just reached out he's like i would like you to continue to support our film i said oh, we already do that we got you mm-hmm. you know and, and we just feel like it's important that because you know again we're, we're not a huge film festival but these huge film festivals look right past these guys mm. uh, you know, they, they'll take their film and may, they may even screen it one time but that's it that's the mm. only relationship we try to build these we try to build relationships with our um, independent filmmakers mm-hmm. and bring mm-hmm. them together and bring them in the same room you know we mm-hmm. had but we had people last year from New York Atlanta uh, Iowa LA come out and just be a part of our family just mm-hmm. just mingle co-mingle with um our filmmakers from detroit and it was just a beautiful time wow this is i'm really excited um i have a documentary i'm working on oh, okay. uh, i'm probably gonna screen it a few i screened it once at the charles h right it's not there yet so wait you working on it or is it done no, it's not done. But you I'm, screened I, it though. I screened it okay. just to get some. That's, and that's good. I'm, I'm that type of person. Right. I'm like, let me see what what, what, see what it they feel say. like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in no, the room. Maybe. Let me see <laughs> what they. You know, I don't know. You just want to see like how they respond to yeah, stuff, and it's uh, the Charles H. Wright is a. Um, I consider that a community space, mm-hmm. so it's not. Um, I mean, it, it's it's a type of space where you can just ask. Right. And then you can get it done. It's not like a movie theater right. where you have to go through some different processes. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? There's other processes uh, 
in order to be able to show a film. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm probably gonna enter this film probably in your one next year. All right. Because I'm tweaking right. it. I'm working on it. It's a mix of uh, iPhone and yeah, it's a lot of iPhone footage. <laughs> so that's all right. I was thinking of entering yeah. it into so like dope. some iPhone thing, but yeah. So I mean, I just appreciate that um, we have here in Detroit. Um, a festival of this caliber of this um you know quality because it's very necessary um detroit has a lot of music we have a lot of arts we have a lot of culture and we don't have a lot of resources in terms of filmmakers being able to um be seen in a certain light and so this is an opportunity um as i see it for professional filmmakers to have their space and to be taken seriously and to be on a certain, you know, um, platform because it's one thing, like I said, I just showed my film at the Charles H. Wright. That doesn't necessarily mean anything in the world of being a professional filmmaker, mm-hmm. you know, cause I could just fill a room with my cousins and stuff. And even though I'm not saying, I'm not trying to devalue that experience, right. but in the land of what you guys are offering, the difference is that, you're also offering opportunities to be able to go to other festivals. Because once you go to one festival and you win an award or you're, you know, you um, get the mentoring that you guys right. are offering, right. then you know, you're able to go to these other festivals. And that's how the films grow and gain notoriety yeah. and you know, get out yeah. to audiences yeah, and things. We, can, we build your confidence here too. So you be safe on that road, you know? mm-hmm. and and I think that's the one of the important pieces for Detroit filmmakers is they just need the confidence. Mm. You know, they they have the skill and they need to see other. They need to experience these workshops, experience these screen uh, screenwriters classes, and these people that we can bring here from Hollywood, like and set up in an intimate setting with with um with the fi- the filmmakers here. We have an opportunity to even, uh, I can't really speak on it in depth, but we have an opportunity to where we can send a filmmaker to shadow a Hollywood filmmaker. Mm, you know? mm-hmm, These are mm-hmm. the things that it's we... important. Oh, absolutely. Just, just, you never stop learning that craft, as you know. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm coming to those workshops. You're an incredible photographer, so oh, I, thank I, you. I know you understand that. Like, I'm it, coming to those workshops, though. <laughs> okay. I want to come to that workshop because I, I just deal. like put my film together <laughs> but i'm sure i need a script <laughs> and i'm sure i need some kind of storyboard was, and 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 those are the types of things that i'm sure you guys have workshops and things around right absolutely because uh, you know how we do in detroit it's like well i i got me a camera <laughs> what is it called gorilla what is it called gorilla What's filmmaking, gorilla yeah, gorilla filmmaking. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing baboon filmmaking <laughs> 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 i'm just getting it done but I'm, I guess I'm just like, you know, speaking to that person, too. I hope that person's listening. Yes. That's like me. That's like, OK, I got enough skills to get it done. But this is actually an opportunity to get some skills, mm. yeah. to get some real professional filmmaking skills and get uh, some resources to actually put together a professional film and be seen and taken seriously, because like. That's the main thing is being taken seriously for your craft and your artwork. Like you were saying, you know, before you had actually gone to the other film festival, you were th- you didn't really see yourself as a serious filmmaker or it was like 
you know what I mean? It was yes, like this kind of strange thing. So yeah, this is this is really cool. I'm glad yeah. you guys are doing this. I, I want to share this uh, if I can. Last year we had a gentleman. His name is Zachary Cunningham, mm-hmm. and Zach was our emerging emerging filmmaker last year. He had the Emerging Filmmakers Award, and this year we just finished two weeks ago uh, his his short film that he'll be um, that will be will be screening at the uh, film festival this year. Okay. So it went from last year being an emerging filmmaker. Right. And this year he's shooting a film called Little Church. Well, we shot a film called Little Church, and we're producers on it. Okay. And, uh, and so you're also supporting the filmmakers that you've invested in. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. Yes. All the okay. time. Okay. Yeah. That's huge, too. You guys listening? <laughs> I don't think they do that in a lot of other festivals. I, I think you I just submit your film. And that's it. M- maybe we, some marketing. Yeah, Maybe. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. If you're if you're their darling. <laughs> if you're Oprah. <laughs> right? Like yes. so yeah, so that's another perk, you know, you guys are actually, you know, you, you invest in people that you believe in. Yeah. You know, uh, or that show potential actually. Yeah. That's and it's it's the same as I, I said before, it's like We'll see you to the finish line and even okay. across the finish line and even mm, further than that. Mm. Because why not? Right. Uh, you, know? you hear that? I do hear That's it. where you need to go to get your <laughs> film done. I'm soaking this all in. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys came by. Oh, thanks for Thank having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this has been this really powerful. So, um, so just, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of different things. And I know everyone's coming to this film festival. We're just going to put it out there. This is the biggest, best Film festival in the universe right here in Detroit, the Trinity Film Festival. So just give us all the details, like when it is, where it is, and um, all the website and social media one more time. Absolutely. The Trinity International Film Festival taking place August 8th through the 12th at the Moraine Bowl Theater in Detroit, as well as the Car Center in Detroit. Uh, We also have a theme of music, fashion, and film this year so we're going to be doing a performance at the garden theater to close it out on the 12th nice. you can uh, visit our blog site at um, trinityfilmfest.blogspot.com and we look forward to seeing everyone out everyone's going to be there it's going to be so hot it's going to be so packed great, great. It's, this is going to be like can you know they say that detroit is you know the paris of the midwest mm. so the trinity film festival Detroit. is the can of the Midwest. I don't. Right, don't. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm like posting that tonight. Can I ask okay. all three of you guys a question? Starting with Piper, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yes. Um, huh. I have so many. My list is so long. All right. It has so to be like my number ahead? one. Well, how about right now? I don't know. I like this movie called um, The Spook Who Sat by the Door. That's like one of my favorite. I really love it because of that 70s? scene. It's yes. from the 70s. I'm going to have to show it to you. It's a CIA agent or FBI yeah. agent. He's CIA agent. Something. There you know it. You know my my, my know favorite it. part of that film <laughs> is the part when he teaches him how to do the guerrilla warfare. And Sam Greenlee actually came when I had my gallery. I got a picture with him. Um, uh, rest in peace, Sam Greenlee. Wow. And he came here. I got a chance to interview him, talk to him. So take a picture with him and he like really broke down to me about guerrilla filmmaking and how they made the film and talked about all these different scenes and stuff so that's that's got to be my number one favorite film just because of the film plus like getting a chance to meet him and he was so 
ghetto (laughs) 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 but in a great way he was just like he was just like i because i was asking him stuff you know like about permits and how he was like permits he was like we stole all them shots (laughs) 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 he was like we went on the bridge and just like watch out for the police I was like, that's wonderful. That's so dope. <laughs> that's Thank so you. dope. Yeah. That's yeah. so Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> King, what about yours? Yeah. Oh, man. My favorite movie of all time? Hey, whatever comes to the head. I know it's hard for filming. You know, I get it. My favorite movie right now is A Boy, A Girl, A Dream. All right. Yes. Miss Piper. Yes. But he got to tell you why, though. Why so dope? I I said expand like Miss Piper. Oh, expand. Okay. Yes. Well, it's it's directed by Kasim Barsir. Yeah, go Kasim. It stars um, Omari Hardwick and Megan Good. And it's. And I, it's my favorite movie because I just seen it's in the festivals right now. And it's it's dope. All right. And it's a one shot. Mm. A one shot is no breaks. There's no right. There's no cut. Start here. It's the whole thing. Wow, at once. that's dope. Yeah. So, and he's a black filmmaker and he's amazing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's from incredible. the D. And he's from he's the from D. D. Shout that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. check that out. Mm-hmm. You. Your turn. M- my favorite film. Yeah. Anything made by Ava DuVernay. Go <laughs> Ava. Go made by Ava. Queen Ava. Yes. Is my favorite film. Yes. Now break her down for because she's for so dope that um, filmmaker. You know. Did um, shoot uh, Selma, Selma, wrinkle, wrinkle in, in time. time. You know, just uh, recently, thirteen. But the thirteen, yes, thirteenth, and she does a, a series, a TV series. Yeah, on the Queen Sugar, Queen Sugar, yeah. and every single episode, even in season three, like coming up, mm. has been uh, sh- shot by a female director. She She's makes it a point. That. Very dope. She to has hire a uh, female director. A thing on Netflix too. She has like a um a Netflix where she what is it called? It's like a deal to like expose right. black women. What are you talking about? Uh, Ava on yeah, Netflix. A- but is it what is it called? Tell me what it is again. And I'll probably it's know. basically like where she has this deal to like expose black women filmmakers. Oh, that's that. That's just I think I saw I read about that. That's fairly new, right? It's new. Yeah. It's new. Yeah. And so yeah, so and she's she's big on that, right? Absolutely. Like exposing black women, uh, it behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. Well, what's so. yours? Um, like all you guys is so tough. Um, just because I'm studying so many documentaries right now, I'll say I ran up on everyone. Uh, when it comes to basketball documentaries, gives hoop dreams the accolades. But I found this one called Soul in the Hole. It was shot yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's dope. Soul in the Hole. Soul in the Hole. Yeah. That was a good yeah. one. That was a yeah. good one. Okay. Well, well Piper, since you mentioned Netflix, uh-huh. have you seen, because um, I know you're big on hip hop, um, The Get Down? Of course. Oh, yeah. dope, right? <laughs> dope. Of course. Uh, That's Nas look, produced look, that. Look, we, we watched that whole thing in one night. Like, oh, yeah. Every episode in one night. <laughs> All right, I'm about to watch yeah. that. We binge yeah. watched the that. The Get Down. I, oh, I mean, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, that's a good one. That's okay. a good one. Okay, well, we love you guys. Love We're going to get into this next segment. We got a, um, another guest that's going to come. We're going to get real heavy talking about uh, police terrorism and uh, all the heavy um, incarceration that's going on right now. Uh, that's our, our next guest that's coming up. So, yeah, so this was awesome to have this cultural piece 
um, and just letting us know about these opportunities. And that's what we're going to be. We're going to be there. Um, yes. I'm going to talk to Kari and see if we could just like cover the film festival oh, yeah. as like we get to get no a media doubt. pass. No doubt. What? Y'all and, like, good. Y'all solid. Yes. Done. Yeah, that's done. That's, done. that's, that's done deal. Oh man, that's powerful. Detroit is different. Yeah. Detroit is All different. day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Trinity International Film Festival uh, media sponsor right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Enemies Minister of Information Professor Griff celebrates the 30 year anniversary of the best hip hop album ever. Thursday, June 28, 2018, at the Jam Handy. Witness a special behind the music unsung tribute to public enemies. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back album. Hip hop performances from Mahogany Jones, Kari Way Frazier, and more will honor the landmark album. The Black History 101 Mobile Museum and Khalid El Hakim will be present with special artifacts, memorabilia, and music from Public Enemy. Tickets are $20 and limited. Purchase your tickets today online at www.detroitisdifferent.com. This event is produced and supported by Detroit is Different, Black History 101 Mobile Museum, Men of Courage, and Lauren Hood. All right, so this is the second segment of Piper Carter Podcast. This is the first time that we're doing um, two segments. I think our second podcast, we did two subjects. Um, We actually did two segments, but we didn't segment them off. So, um, yeah, so that was really awesome. We had really great guests here um, talking about the Trinity Film Festival that I'm really excited about. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be sweet. And so um, I just want to get right into it, something that... I'm really passionate about, um, shoot, a lot of black people are passionate about uh, black liberation. I'm going to say um, people working for, uh, in, in the abolition struggle, you know what I'm saying? People working for freedom, people working um, in justice, uh, people standing up for um, our rights and the rights of others, people putting their bodies on the line, people... Um, putting their hearts on the line and um, people really doing some deep work out here in Detroit. Um, Some young people that I'm really, really honored uh, to be in the company of and that I've been watching for a minute. And I'm going to let them speak for themselves because I'm uh, a proponent of people speaking for themselves. So um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of an organization called Black Youth Project, BYP 100. We have a chapter here in Detroit and um, they're really powerful they're really awesome 
and they've been doing some great work. They've been making a great impact. Um, they got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, and I mean, I'm gonna let them talk for themselves. I'll just ask them questions, some guiding questions and things, but, um, let us know who's in the room. Uh, I don't know if we want to go, is it okay if I let, if I ask ladies first, is that okay? Yeah. I'm cool with it. Okay. So yeah, well, I don't know. So just tell us a little bit about yourself personally and, um, and then we'll, we'll just do that. Like if each one of you just lets people know like who you are and then we can go into the, um, BYP. Yeah. Um, I'm Yana. Um, I'm grew up in Detroit, born and raised. Uh, let's see. I went to charter schools in Detroit. Um, I just, been noticing the change in the city and just wanted to get active in my community because we all seen the new Detroit and the Trump era and it was just like okay I need to get up you know I'm one of the people who's been on the internet you know got a lot to say but never take action so finally I'm like all right it's about that time so I'm just happy to be here and find this amazing group and yeah so you were like a internetivist yes okay proud okay <laughs> I, i'm a quasi internetivist <laughs> i'm also activist and active but i appreciate that you have um moved into the active space so thank you for your work absolutely and your bravery because that's not it's not easy what you do mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so thank you for that so who's next mm-hmm. all right my name is rashad um and also a native Detroiter. I uh, I kind of like had like social justice seeds like planted in me when I was really young. Like in kindergarten, like my parents had me go to like an Afrocentric school. So like I was Which already, one? Aisha Shule. Okay, shouts out to the Shule. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was only there for a year in That's kindergarten, okay. but that, 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 it was a very, like it was a very um, impressionable like time for me. And I didn't really like use a lot of that, that language, like moving moving like forward like mm-hmm. in my life really until I got in college I feel like being a, like being raised in Detroit was like black faces all around you mm-hmm. a lot of times a lot of for us I feel like when we first enter in that white space and that was for me when I went to University of Michigan that's when mm-hmm. like when you enter that space that's when you start it starts sparking a lot within you so I felt like a lot of those things coming from like a early age started to like come within me that's a white white space Yes, super <laughs> white, super white, and it continues to get wider and wider with right. every year for some, whatever reason. Um, On purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but as soon as I like came back, um, moved back to the city, I started seeing all the changes like going on. Like Yada was saying, um, just seeing like white people in the spaces I had never seen white people, you know, before. I was like, Are you down driving down Seven Mile? What, what's going on? So wow. you saw um, white people in Seven Mile? Yeah, I did. You know. Oh my! What did was, you do? <laughs> That's like just, seeing a giraffe like on Fourteenth <laughs> Street. <laughs> it's, it's it's a gift. It's a gift reaction. I'm not sure which one it is, but <laughs> I believe like from from Friday. But that, so like just things like that, and I think organizing was just something that. It kind of like it chose me. I mm. wasn't really looking for it. In twenty, in the summer of twenty fifteen, uh, a black man got murdered by an ICE agent named Terrence Kellum. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the rally. Um, I wasn't a, like a really a rally person, protest mm-hmm. person before. Mm-hmm. And I just for some reason something spurred up in me in that moment. I was like, I got to be here. Mm. So I went to it, um, and then. 
like the people that were organizing were like young black or you know long young black people on on the front lines Mm. um got introduced to different organizations and then slowly but surely i stabilized with byp 100 and you know Mm -hmm. fighting the fight so can you just speak to when you were saying that you um you went to the route why did you go in the first place um so i I talked to people about this like whenever i'm like telling the story i can't remember exactly Mm. why i think it was just when i was coming back to detroit i was re just re-entering like the social scene like just talking to what Mm -hmm. other like young black people were doing and i think just by being in network with some of them mm-hmm. they just, somebody just i think just sent me a text like hey we're going you know we're going to this rally mm. and i just decided to go i can't re- I, I really hopefully i can remember that one you know that person mm-hmm. so i can later talk about it more you know in more detail but that's all i remember was just like hearing about it and be like you know what i'm just about to and then when you um what what do you think made you be like i've got to get involved i mean like i know when you went there and you know maybe something you heard or or i don't know like was there something that happened or something you heard or yeah yeah no definitely it it, it wasn't the rally itself but was okay. what happened immediately after so mm. the people got like rounded up like they all got texted that there was like a follow-up meeting mm-hmm. so to that rally so i went to the follow-up meeting because i was just generally interested like what could be the follow-up and you had um organizers um, one of them, her name is Numi. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just, she was talking about. Shout um, out to Numi. Shout out to Numi for sure. Uh, she was just talking about all those things that I had on the back of my head. Like, you know, this is just, this incident is terrible, but it's just, you know, under a big, mm-hmm. a larger threat, you know. It's systemic. It's, it's systemic. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a structure. Like these things are like happening all the time and only until like, you know, we come together and you know dismantle the structure that's the only time like we'll really be free and like these were things that you know i've had side conversations with other people like Mm -hmm. it was something i knew but it was the first time i saw an outlet to actually do something Mm -hmm. tangible rather than just talking about it and also being in college and having conversations with people i started to get numb to it a little bit because i wasn't really sure what the Mm -hmm. outlet was but when she like spoke you know i was immediately kind of like oh you know shit like this is something that i definitely want to be a part so not, I didn't know what organizing was, but she was just like giving me those that those words that said like, "Oh, okay, I can actually do this." You wow, know? that's powerful. And then from there, you were like, um, "This is me. This is who I am. Yeah, pretty. This much. what I do." <laughs> that's yeah. what's up. What about you? Hey, um, so my name is Denzel. I was I'm also born and raised in uh, Detroit on the east side, Seven Mile. Um, hey. Always got to shout that out. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so in a similar way, um, I graduated from Michigan State and I have been involved in a lot of like electoral work, electoral organizing stuff around elections. And when I um, at Michigan State. At, at Michigan State and then coming back to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And um, through that work, I had uh, met someone named Kevin. Um, and, like, uh, the electoral stuff wasn't enough for me. Like, I knew mm-hmm. I needed, like, a political home. And Kevin and Paige were um, exploring, starting shout a chapter. Shout out to Paige. Yes, shout out to <laughs> Paige. Yes, yes. Um, w- they were exploring starting a chapter for BYP 100 in Detroit. When and was this? This was in 2015, 2015 the summer okay. of 2015 okay. and um yeah it was p- part of that founding group um, okay in that and like ever since then like finding that political home with folks that are ready to throw down folks that are 
have no qualms about getting in the face of like oppression and like state violence and um i think that's like what really um grounds me in being in detroit um and the work that um i get to participate in is like really holding accountable um these systems of oppression and also working together um with folks in community to like really talk about what needs do we have and how to address those needs as well mm-hmm. and you know when you say folks that are ready to throw down it's like uh, when uh, that reminds me of the 70s, like growing up. And also, uh, what was that? It, it was either the scene or the new dance show. That's why I need Kari here. But uh, I think it was the scene. And uh, when they would do like the Soul Train line and they would go, they'd be like, are you ready to throw down? Yes, we are. They used to be like a big <laughs> uh, Detroit. I don't even know if you, you guys are millennials. So I don't even know if y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, we can find it very yeah, easy. Okay? We're going to find yeah. it. YouTube. You guys got to, that's your homework. You got to right. find that. But that was like a big saying, like in the 70s, like throw down. When you was ready to throw down, it either meant dance or fight. But if you was throwing down, that just, I'm not sure if bourgeois Negroes actually know what throwdown actually means. <laughs> but throwdown is like something you put your heart, your yeah. whole heart and soul into it. When you throw down, that's that like, when that's that scrap. When you scrap and your eyes are open. <laughs> You're not scrapping <laughs> with your eyes closed. <laughs> your eyes are open and you are focused. You meditate. <laughs> <laughs> you're meditating <laughs> as you're scrapping. <laughs> That's throwdown. I don't know if anybody been in the throwdown zone. <laughs> Has anybody ever been in the, the throwdown zone? That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thing. Throwing down. I just had to honor that. That you said throw down. Throw down. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> had to honor down. that for a minute because I don't think, like, I think a lot of people think, like, they're, you know, we're resisting oppression, but I don't think people understand what throwing down is. So thank you for that. That's another level. <laughs> <laughs> That's next level. Shouts out to the throw down. The throw down. And the folks who throw it down, yes. you know, it's like the gauntlet. They actually do that, right? That's when you throw that the handkerchief down on the ground. <laughs> I used to battle. I used to dance battle back in the days no. in the nineties. They threw and a han- they threw a handkerchief. Yeah, down. that's like you know that's like the challenge right there. You throw that handkerchief down like blah. What up? We had the hip roll battles back in my day. Okay, so you got it right. Yep. <laughs> I was ready in the mirror. enough though to like have like a rag to throw down. Like, can you imagine that? <laughs> No, no, no! Before it's probably outfit. Rolling? It's probably outfit. You oh, got, yeah. you know, the handkerchief. Oh, you, yeah. you had it tied around your head because you was looking you cute. But when it's time to throw it down, you throw that joint oh, down. Oh, down. Okay. <laughs> you take that off. Bam! <laughs> and then the hip roll came. And right. then the hip roll. I love the hip roll though, because that's like enacting your goddess energy. Mm. Yeah. Right. Kundalini. Yes. Mm. I you love that. You gotta do it like the shirt in your teeth move. Oh. That's yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Juki with talk the guys. <laughs> and see, this is why, this is why I love BYP because y'all are young, energetic, fun, and y'all are serious about this liberation. And at the same time, y'all are serious about health, um, healing, and um, being life affirming. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. about That's my, that's as a, an observation and your, as your elder. 
Uh, things, you know, I just wanted to give y'all gratitude and appreciation for that because historically, when we look at movements and we look at black liberation struggle, um, it's sad. I mean, like, it's a, it's deep. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of pain um, connected to it righteously. And, um, you know, not taking anything away from that, you know, honoring that. But you guys are moving movement work. You have to moved and are moving movement work into the future. And you make it actually move. You put move in the movement. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to honor that about y'all. Um, tell us about BYP because something that is um, that I appreciate about you guys as well is um, you guys are unapologetically black. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Can you tell us about your principles, your mission? You know, um, just tell us about the organization itself so folks that are not familiar um, can get familiar. Who wants to take that? Um, sure. Uh, I'll take it. So, um, BYP 100, Black Youth Project 100. Um, so, we're an activist organization of black folks, um, 18 to 35 year old. That's the membership. But, of course, we have folks in our community who are younger, older, right? Um, but we, we fight for the liberation of all black folks, um, specifically through what we call a black queer feminist lens. And we say that um, centering uh, the folks who have been historically marginalized. When you think about black women, um, think about black trans folks, black sex workers, um, uh, just black folks who have routinely been out of the conversation when we talk about liberation work. Um, And we do this work through a couple of things. We do it through um, unapologetic direct action, like you'll see us um, in Detroit. We chained ourselves to the uh, police precinct uh, with BLM Detroit. Um, you, we do this through what we call a holistic turn up. So like making sure that we're building the holistic to- turn up. Yes. That caught me too. <laughs> <laughs> the holistic turn up, like okay. making sure that we can like that you're actually able to chill with the folks that you do this work with, that you're actually the build community, that we can um, actually have events and laugh and, and get that energy out of that um, while all this shit is happening, right? Um, also, we do this through political education. So we don't know what we don't know, but as a community, we can come together and teach each other and learn from each other and learn from elders, learn from other folks in the community about what we've been through, what's happening now and where we want to go. Um, and we do this also through, like you mentioned, Piper, um, through healing, like we remake healing a center of the work that we do, that we, that folks, um, doing the work so folks can show up as um, as whole as they can um, because if, if folks can't do that, um, we're not able to do this work. So we mm-hmm. want to first and foremost um, address healing, address um, the health of our folks and um, things like that. So doing all of that to come together um, to move towards um, liberation for all our black folks. So thank you for that. I also wanted to just add um, that this work is a continuation of the legacy of black liberation work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it is the i'm gonna call it the evolution of the black liberation struggle because we in the black in the black liberation struggle the narrative rightly so that always gets lifted up is the um well there's the rise of folks who started learning about themselves, um, the physical attributes, right? So like 
appreciating their melanated skin or appreciating their kinky hair, um, looking to uh, the motherland to um, start to wear those garb, um, learning about our histories and learning more about um, our political um, struggles globally as, uh, as, as uh, I would say, melanated people or the African diaspora and what was going on politically globally, right? So that leads into the whole Pan-Africanist framework. Um, and then the other part that gets uplifted is the story of the COINTELPRO, which is very real, which all of us deal with um, consistently. We had Samantha on here telling us her horror stories. But I think when in, in the land of black liberation, when we uh, speak about that, it's a very past tense mm-hmm. kind of thing that, that folks speak of. So I really appreciate that you guys are um, evolving what the struggle looks like feels like um and should be and you know inclusive um action oriented hopeful you know healthy because we hear all these stories about um you know the rapes that took place um i I mean like the internal things that happen you know within these organizations um people turning on one another you know the trust issues um the 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 substance abuse issues the um the just the assault in general the you know just the lack of um of you know the self-hatred you know and just all this stuff and so i feel like you guys are you know you work through um you are you have worked through um learning how to move in a way like you said that takes the time to include humanity Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Back into the conversation. So you actually have real relationships. You actually um, talk to one another. You actually, you know, check in with one another. Um, those things are really important. And I just wanted to highlight that um, and, and, and honor that because I feel like you guys are like the now. You know, you're the next generation, but you're also the now. And so that's something you're a living organism. So, like, black liberation, through you, black liberation is a living organism. Mm -hmm. So, just wanted folks to understand that because people are always talking to me like, oh, we need to bring the Black Panthers back. And I'd be like, we got BYP. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't mean that negatively, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, um, what are some things, you've told us a couple of the actions and things. So, you guys have some other programs and things that you guys do some kind of regular kind of stuff that you guys do so who wants to speak to that i can okay Um, so some of the things that we do um monthly we try to have a free store which is basically a store like we just get clothes donated to us and then we set them out on the table um we have hygiene products um just and uh, we set up at the Tumani Center most times. Um, Where's that? That's on Third and MLK. Mm. Um, it's a homeless shelter right there, and mm-hmm. um, people come up. Oh yeah. We talk to yeah. That's like Cass Corridor Midtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're trying to. Um, I think they're going to move it to the east side. Okay. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so we set up there we talk to people we talk to people about what they need and mm. a lot of times the stories are just it's really just sad and touching because it's just like especially in the winter 
Like, we try to be out there in the winter because that's when people need the most, mm. you know. With the People talk about their blisters and just how cold and there's just a lot of need right now. And so we try to, we try to provide what we can. Okay. And there are a lot of other organizations that are out there, too, giving out food. So it's kind of like a, a cool little mm. community we are building. It's like we have food across the street. We got clothes, lotion, mm. soap, you know, toothpaste, all that. And so that's kind of something we uh, want to do more often. But right now it's just, um, once a month. And then um, what's some other things that we do? We try to, um, I know last year we had a, a Say Your Name healing space mm. um, where we brought community members together and just talking about, you know, our traumas and like, what we can do as a community um, to stop inter-community violence against black women. women. Mm. And um, so just uplifting those stories that has happened in Detroit or Metro Detroit and also um, kind of hold you know black men accountable to the harm that is put on to black women. And um, so we went we rode the bus so we had like makeup to like look like like bruises and mm. stuff and we uh had these posters of um women that have been uh murdered by the hands mm. of black men and we rode the bus and uh we went to the fair the fair lane and um so people really responded uh people knew some of the women like oh mm. i used to date her wow like remember that story and these people were just like mm. responding to it and uh, we want to definitely do more of that and we do have our week of action this week the 11th through the 17th where um we of are june yes okay june, yes mm -hmm. so we this is the week y'all um so <laughs> Um, so we uh, we plan to uh, bail out black women, uh, black mamas mm. who are in in the Wayne County Jail. Okay. Because um, a lot of people, most sixty percent of people who are in the Wayne County Jail are there because they can't afford bail. Mm. So we and we know in Detroit, uh, black women are typically the heads of households. So right. that's why we thought it was important to uplift black women in this time and support them and what better mm -hmm. way juneteenth coming up okay so we were like oh perfect so that's a great juneteenth bailing out black right? mothers i like that yeah so we were like okay this would be cool let's just do this and so we've been um fundraising and um, trying to find um women to bail out and so that's something we're working towards right now mm. so just a quick question about that how are you deciding like what mothers you're gonna bail out is it like people that write to you or how do you know like who to bail out yeah um that's i think it's a it's a different ways right uh if folks know of um folks who are currently in wayne county jail who need to be bailed out we're definitely looking for folks that way um mm -hmm. if you know if you have family members friends or anything like that um we're working with um partners um to uh, actually try to identify folks who are incarcerated um, through the various system. Um, Detroit system is set up and purposely so uh, um, <laughs> probably yeah um, in a way that is hard to identify folks and also interact with folks who are incarcerated. Uh, in other cities they've seen they've had ways to like s 
go down the court and talk to folks. Um, but in Detroit, it's a little bit more difficult. So a lot of it is um, reaching out to our networks and also um, engaging folks to see if they know anyone who is in need of bailout. So just for clarity, um, June 11th through the 17th, you're bailing out black mothers. Mm-hmm. And so how do people contact you? Like, let's say they hear this podcast and they're like, oh, my God, I want to get my auntie out. How do they how do they get in touch with you about that? Yes. Yeah, so if you can, um, we have an email address that we are uh, giving to folks. Um, Detroit.chapter at BYP100.org. So Detroit spelled out dot chapter C-H-A-P-T-E-R at BYP100.org. So if you just send us an email, um, let us know if you know someone. Uh, we'll get in contact with you to get more information, and we'll um, um, try to work on getting mm, folks work out. Work on getting them out. Mm-hmm. So um, now this brings me, did you finish telling me about your programs and things? Um, oh. Just, oh. Go ahead. I, I was just, and uh, mm-hmm. then we can talk about the June team. The other thing um, that this bailout falls into is that we're going to be, um, we have done and we're continuing to just um, something that we're calling um, stop criminalizing Detroit so lifting up um, there's like legislation on the state level that goes into like Blue Lives Matter bill which actually Mm. um, further criminalizes um, people of color and those speaking out against police violence Um, we're uh, uplifting around the project Greenlight which is Mm -hmm. like mass surveillance um, of folks i'm sure folks have seen that green tell light. us about the green light i mean we all know what it is here yeah. but i think everyone has seen it yeah but i don't think everyone knows what that is called project green light yeah uh so when you see that green light what that means is actually on the liquor store on the liquor or store or the gas, the gas station, station or, or like mcdonald's i've seen mm-hmm. on McDon- i've also seen that churches mm-hmm. which is like why do you need a green light at the church? Right. But um, so what happens is that there's a live feed that goes straight to the, the Detroit Police Department um, that they are also using facial recognition software f- with it, um, that there someone is there watching that 24-7. And the thing about it is that folks will say, okay, well, actually that means police can see what's going on. Um, it may make it safer. But it it actually doesn't make us safer. Um, what it does, it just gives police access to our lives even more mm. so that you're seeing folks like they're, they're literally seeing you go about your day. They can use that facial recognition. We don't know what the accountability system is. there. Mm. We don't know what the transparency is there. And they're actually forcing businesses to pay comcast to set this up Mm. and maintain it um and then we're hearing news that uh dug in and a couple of us on city council want to make this a mandate for all businesses open at a certain time Mm. um so what we're actually saying is like you can like we've seen that um police actually doesn't make it safe and but Mm -hmm. actually what will is that if we have say that money that's going into Comcast pocket, right? If we had that money that was going into our communities to provide for um, youth programs, to provide for parks, to provide for um, treatment programs, mm-hmm. to provide for adult education, um, like those things rehabilitative restorative justice Mm -hmm. those are things that actually keep us safe so we're lifting up that round project green light um and also during the bailout um and the bailout we want to continue to do it 
while also lifting up the need to abolish the money bail system because we're actually keeping folks in cages um, just because they don't have the money to pay. Mm. Can you guys talk about um, safety, like this idea around safety? Because, I mean, for me, uh, when I am in different, like, community spaces and community meetings, blase splee, or just in general, whenever people talk about safety, the first thing they talk about is more police in the neighborhood or more uh, police presence or more security. So I wanted you guys to speak about um, your uh, stance on safety and like what is safety? What does it mean to be safe? Like what does safety look like, feel like uh, for real? You know? Um, I would I would um first like let's talk about what the like the dominant narrative like safety is first right. and let's just kinda like try and like poke holes in it. Yeah. Right. So when you look at police, you look at jails, you look at prisons, you look at surveillance systems, you people people think that like oh that's making them safe, but in reality all of those different practices, they're just responses, they're just state responses to things that that may be like har- like harm in the in the community and like looking looking at what like actually is like the the root cause of a lot of like harm that goes on in our communities mm-hmm. is it really has to do with like a lack of access to something whether mm. it be a lack of um lack of like like you know people don't like have even water like in their homes like people don't have access to mental health services we have schools that are being shut down in those neighborhoods mm-hmm. and all these different attacks like on our communities is just another like knife like going into us and like really is just cutting down community bonds i mean so when you like destroy a community like with through all this like structural structural like violence that's what's creating that's what's creating like the uh the -hmm. the lack of safety so what people are doing in terms of like you know locking people up that's 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 like a band-aid to the solution this is all you're doing is actually removing more people away from the community so Mm -hmm. they can actually suffer suffer even more Mm. so I i would say it's like you know, and and the band band aid ended up. That's even that's really. I'm giving it too much credit for mm-hmm. that because really, it's like a band aid with like, with like you know knives like within that. Because like mm-hmm. none none of that is actually like, you know, you know actually improving like the commu- like the communities. Like all those things are just used to like funnel us and mm-hmm. like you know keep us keep us locked up. So when we look at like safety, we really need to be looking at um, like things that actually create a whole a whole vibrant you know community whole communities are like healthy and have access to resources at the end of the day in order to make that happen a lot of times we talk about like oh like we need to be doing this this and that like in order like to bring the community together well you need infrastructure for that Mm -hmm. you need resources for that but Mm -hmm. all that resources are actually going toward things that are actually just breaking us down so Mm. i think it's safety is actually something really really simple and we all everybody you know you talk around like they all kind of come to the same conclusion mm-hmm. but we've just been kind of propagandized to think of think of like somebody just coming after a harm is already being done mm. as as what you know safety is but it's really just we all know what it is in our heart and that when and we know that the state isn't providing that for us mm. i mean i appreciate that too because um you guys are doing a lot of work around um bringing awareness to state violence or you're using language like state violence which i think is important i think language is really important um 
like when people say uh, police, uh, what do they say? They say like police uh, violence or police. I like the word police terrorism mm-hmm. because yeah. I feel that um, it's terrorizing. I, uh, today, just today, I was uh, riding and I saw a state trooper pulled up to the side of the road. He had one of these like zoom camera things. He was parked and pointing. He was parked facing the way that all the cars are driving towards. But he was facing. He was inside his car with his door um, propped open, facing the opposite way with this camera, clocking people that weren't there yet. So he was actually trying to catch people that were way with this camera, like that were way like in front of him when normally he would be riding on the road and pretty much maintaining the speed limit just by his presence or whatever, right? But at this point, I just saw it like, wow, this dude is hunting. He's like, it's no longer like um, just doing your beat, even as a state trooper has always been terrorizing to me, but it's no longer just like driving on the highway just to like make sure things are cool it's like he's he was actually hunting to find who was probably like miles right like down the road just so that he could like get them and i'm thinking like wow with all the extra laws that are getting put on us um the laws around you know having a felony with no insurance the laws around um you know just laws and laws and laws we're like over lawed we're over policed and i'm just thinking like here this dude is on the side of the road hunting Mm -hmm. people down for what they're hunting hunting and so the work that you guys are doing is to bring awareness around this heavy policing um anti-blackness and how these two things I mean, it's always been in the black community. Those, those have always been um, our main issues around police terrorism. But I think that the way in which you guys articulate it and the ways in which you guys uplift it in terms of the inclusivity, like you were saying, you did the say her name, mm-hmm. right? So it's like who's missing from that conversation? Um, that's one thing. But I think that political education piece... Um, because so much stuff happens to us like all the time that it's real easy to just be like whatever this is how it goes that's how the police are and you guys are like nah we here for the turn (laughs) 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 so yeah I just wanted you guys to speak a little bit more around um, around that work because dealing with police is very easy to feel disheartened disgruntled hopeless and feel like there's nothing you can do and here you guys are doing something so powerful so i just wanted you guys to speak more about that work that you're doing around that that issue specifically yeah um one thing i'll add there like because you mentioned um people will say oh we need police i mean the thing about it when we watch city council like every year they will increase the police budget Right. right we have um in detroit 30% of our city's budget, like 30% of our tax dollars 
is going through to police. Can you say that figure again? Yep. 30, more than 30% of our city budget, which is comprised of our tax dollars, is going to the police department. That's a lot. It's a lot. And compared, so for every dollar that goes to police, only nine cents of that goes to our Department of Public Health. Whoa. Three cents of that goes to our recreation department. Whoa. So that's what we're talking about when we say actually investing in what community needs, like health programs, like public health programs mm-hmm. and recreational programs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about the whole, I'm talking about parks, youth programs, um, any programs that are at, if you have access to a recreation department, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's covered in that three cent per dollar. Um, that's going to police. So um, just wanted to lift that up as folks get an idea of the funding of police in this city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you guys do a lot of work around the political education of folks understanding the funding mm-hmm. and understanding um, their rights, um, understanding their power, you know, um, and, and you guys actually show um, in a powerful way what people can do. Um, could you speak a little bit more around um, the anti-criminalization uh, campaign that you guys are doing? Or like, you know, because uh, we live here so and we live as black. So every day <laughs> we just intuitively <laughs> can feel all of the extra laws coming down the pipe uh, related to criminalization. Um, but could you speak to, because I'm looking at this flyer here that's given a whole lot of different um you know like kind of points around it and this is like a really kind of bullet pointed um thing which is super awesome but i want you guys to articulate a little bit more about what what is anti-criminalization like what is criminalization because i don't i don't think folks necessarily understand what criminalization is even though Black folks love to practice <laughs> criminalizing one another, but I, but can you guys speak a little bit to criminalization and anti-criminalization as um, as as we see it? You know. So I could, I could start it off, but I'll pass it on. Um, I just wanted to start off with like I think a really succinct way to put it. Um, what criminalization is? There's a difference between um, what's considered a crime and what's considered harm or mm-hmm. like violence. Harm is something that's like objective. Like if, if like somebody were to like, you know, like commit a murder or rape, like that's that's harm. Mm-hmm. Crime is something that's constructed by whatever the state determines is crime. Okay. So you can look at like historical like, you know, perspectives of like, you know, drug use, is that is that harm or is that like a crime? Particularly like as you know, as, as respect to like black people crack you know, crack cocaine usage versus like you know cocaine like one was one is more criminalized than the other like we're black people are disproportionately criminalized with respect to activities that might actually be the same mm. you know across the country across different communities it could be the same activity but but what's more what's more criminalized like what's considered like you know a problem by the state and responded to the state so i think mm. that's and what's really like the heart of like what criminalization is and really us doing decriminalization is is really just calling attention to like the fact that that is that is bullshit and what Mm -hmm. like and how that actually is just funneling us further into the prison industrial complex Mm. 
you guys have anything to add or um also just to add on to that um just like everything that we're been saying like the blue lives matter bills um mm. making it difficult to hold police accountable um and you connect that with like the new jail that's being built that wait, they're wait, trying to you build. gotta tell us about this new jail uh, we we know about it but <laughs> it's people listening like all over and they're trying to figure out why detroit closed down like pretty much most of the rest of the high schools <laughs> there's a, we only have like a few high schools left and but they found some money to bring this jail to us this jail um so just a little bit about the jail so the re their their reasoning for building the jail is because it's in like horrible conditions now but it's like how do how did you let it get that way and mm-hmm. how can we trust you first off we don't need a new jail but if you were to build one how can we trust you to keep maintain a building mm. if you can't maintain the one before mm. but anyway that's like um also it's like a deal with dan gilbert yep. yeah yeah it i mean so like they're basing this jail off of needing beds right they'll say mm. oh we have we project this many people will Pre-crime. be in jail yeah mm-hmm. but remember how <laughs> yana said that over a large majority more than 50 so around 60 percent of folks in jail are there because they can't pay they mm-hmm. can't afford bail mm. so if you're saying 60 percent of people will be there because they can't afford bail what you're telling me you're using inflated numbers as mm. justification to build a jail um but so the or base who might commit a crime of who might commit a crime right mm. um so the basis of the jail is that they so folks may have seen if you go down grass or like that unfinished jail site mm-hmm. um so that the, thing is frightening yeah yeah to see that it, yeah <laughs> um so what they're doing there they're swapping that land with dan gibbard um because he wants to build a soccer stadium um there? He wants to, yeah mm-hmm. he wants to build a billionaire playground um mm. and in exchange for that, he um, they are putting in a jail um, more so where the Detroit incinerator is um, near oh that area. God. Yeah, so that's where the plan is for the new jail. So um, then not Gil- in place of the incinerator. No, near it. Right. Near it. Right. I um, mean, not that that would be better. But. No. Yeah. <laughs> All of the um, pollution that's occurring oh from my the God, incinerator. That incinerator. I need um, to do a show on that. Yeah. Um, yeah next week. <laughs> so they they just recently approved it to um buy the bonds there's a window that folks can object to it but you have to collect thousands of signatures um so folks are looking at that but so yeah the this is this jail is happening basically because um dan gilbert came forward and said hey i know y'all want to build a jail y'all don't have the money for it so here's the money if you give me this land um, for my soccer stadium. Wow. So that's what's going on with the jail. Um, so uh, all the connection with these, um, with the bailout, with the jail that's coming on, um, with the uh, um, uh, Project Greenlight, with the Blue Lives Matter bill, um, and just to go deeper into that a little bit, what they will do is to say, um, it says that if you are committed, if you commit a crime against they are wrapping EMS and firefighters into this, but it's really for police. If you're committed, uh, found guilty of committing like assault or anything against a perceived police officer, 
which means they can be off duty. But if they say you attack them because they're a police officer, they um, the judge can put three extra years on your sentence. Wow. How are um, you supposed to know if somebody's a cop? Exactly. They don't the present question. as a cop. Mm-hmm. Same way you saw them hiding in the corner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, so my like goodness. if you at a bar and you get into like a tussle or anything yeah. like that with somebody that just like maybe they spilled a drink on you or something. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> and they like, oh, you did it because I'm a cop. And you mm. go and they go to court and say, yeah, they did it because I'm a cop. I wasn't playing calls. I was off duty, but they did it because I was a cop. Um, they can put uh, um, three extra years on your sentence. Wow. And that's what these bills will do. So we're just lifting up information around all of these um, as well. And I think, like, the Stop Criminalizing Detroit kind of puts, like, a personal narrative to the system mm-hmm. that we have. So it's like, yeah, this is systemic, but it's like, here's literally everything they're mm-hmm. doing in your own state and mm-hmm. city that this is the system like you see it every day you see those green lights every day it's a part of the system oh another school closing is part of the system so it's like we're like laying it out in a way that is more personal to people in our communities and you guys um in the land of political education do you guys have like a school or how do people connect with you to like get this political education that you that you were telling me about I think it's uh it's multiple ways, right? We um a lot of folks that we are in partnership with to say, hey, um, we want to hold an event on this. Um, we definitely invite folks uh to reach out to us if there's just like an issue that folks are thinking about. Um, we have an upcoming event that uh for Juneteenth at the uh, Charles H. Wright um, Museum for African American History. Um, it's on June nineteenth. Um, a Tuesday, June nineteenth. Yep, on Juneteenth, um, mm-hmm. from six to nine. Um, so, we're definitely gonna have a barbecue. We're gonna have red punch um, hey. food, right? Uh, mm-hmm. um, a bike ride. A bike ride. Yes. Um, that's and the holistic turn up. That's yes. the holistic exactly. turn up. Exactly. <laughs> you already, you already and picking some up. sage. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're gonna have like a conversation about redefining community safety. So okay. we're we're wrapping it all into this event. So folks can come celebrate, have fun, and also like participate in that political education as well um, with each other. Because like I said. Um, we may have one thing that we want to talk to folks about, but we also want to hear from community as well of what folks can bring to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, um, so moving forward, so you're going to have that event. That's mm-hmm. going to be in the 19th. And moving forward, um, so, and when is the bailout? Um, it's going to be probably multiple days this week. So okay. it's just about, like, gathering information, uh, who needs to be bailed out, and then, like, start the process. Okay. And then, um, so moving forward from these two events, um, is it like, can people join your organization? You know, um, like how do people get involved? How do they support what it is that you're doing? Yep. Um, so we have social media accounts at BYP 100. Um, Mm -hmm. you can follow us on Facebook. Um, I'll say the email address one more time for folks to reach out to us too. Uh, Detroit.chapter at BYP100.org. You can send us an email if you're interested in joining. Um, If you're like, hey, I want to learn more about this topic, we're definitely down to meet up with you. We're down to hold an event with you. Um, uh, Anything, we're definitely there. Uh, We'd love to get those requests in. Um, So, yeah, uh, we have a website at BYP100.org, and you can get our 
contact information there um and i'm trying to think of make sure i'm not leaving anything uh, else up. if you are interested in the jail i think there's a jail coalition to stop the jail yeah mm. so this we're, we're part of the, the juneteenth event talking about redefining community safety is like gonna be like talking about the jail raising awareness about it and how we can like like fight it fight against it so mm-hmm. there'll there'll be like more information that we can like get people like on a list like there's a larger coalition they have like email list and if we can if you email us we can get you and let you know further about the events going on with that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so what about the people who are like but my neighbor i live in 48205 you know um I, i maybe you guys are aware maybe you're not but 48205 is on the east side they say is the quote unquote uh, most unsafe neighborhood in Detroit, according to crime statistics. Um, and the elders there have asked for the National Guard to come in and protect them. And I know I was like, are they crazy? <laughs> I mean, most of those elders lived through when the National Guard uh, was here, you know, in the 67 Rebellion. Um, my mom, who was like 73, she to this day is still traumatized uh as a result of her memories of the national guard coming through um terrorizing her neighborhood you know living in black bottom and all of that so um what do you guys say to those folks and what should i say (laughs) that's what i'm i'm saying because i'm often in uh conversations with folks uh when i'm talking about us having less police and you know less police presence and 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 you know community safety looking a different like us having better relationships with one another and things like that and the first thing that they um always come back with me is like but our elders are not safe um quote unquote like these kids out here are you know terrorizing them you know what i'm saying so how do how do we speak to to those people that are feeling that they're trapped in their neighborhood? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That they feel they're unsafe, you know, around their own people in their neighborhood. When we're talking about we want to have less police and they're like, hey, we we need these police because we're fearful. I, I, I would say that, again, when we say less less police that does not mean less accountability Mm. like that's not those those aren't synonymous so Mm -hmm. when we're looking for like solutions for like harms that are going on our community you have i i like to like let people know that that there is nothing that police do there's nothing that they do that's not that the community can do themselves if they have the resource to do and we can do it better Mm. because we're not just simply like responding to it and like pushing them away like when we talk about rehabilitation when we talk about like giving access to services for people to when we talk about like conflict resolution like these are all different tools that communities have to like deal with the issues no matter how strong the like the harm is like i feel like for every for every like individual like act of harm or violence there's a solution for it Mm. but we need to be like actually building like building those solutions out and like actually implementing them and getting the resources to do that without like relying on something that we've been increasing police budgets for years and is detroit any quote-unquote mm-hmm. safer 
you know, and I would say I would I would just like ask that back. Like, is, is are things like any any better position mm. based on like an increase like in this? And like y'all mm-hmm. can add to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with Rashad, and it's and it's also not a place like to negate like experiences of folks, right? Like, right. Yeah. I think it's very real, like the harms that folks go through. Um, and uh, but what I would say is that when also if you look like a, look at the area for a two hundred five or um, areas around the city, one thing you will realize there is like, well, how many schools are open there, right? Mm. Like. How many community health centers are there, right? How mm. many how many places is it for folks to get food? How mm. many places is it there for folks to get water because mm-hmm. their water has been turned off? How many folks have lost housing there? Like, um, have we addressed those things in that in those areas to say, okay, because there's a large lack of opportunity and access to resources. Um, mm-hmm. And like Rashad said too, it's like there there definitely has to be system accountability. There definitely have to be um, community like base systems of accountability, right? Like in ways that yes, we are creating systems that protect our elders, that protect everyone, um, and specifically our elders and, and the folks who are um, most vulnerable in communities. But that can be a community-based solution. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be folks that are in community with each other, that are in that have this culture of love with each other, right? Um, that we don't see with police, that we don't see with prisons, that we don't see with jails. Um, and I think we can get to a better society in that way too um, that we aren't seeing today. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's about also just connecting with each other. Like we talked about at the event, like know your neighbor, like really mm-hmm. know them. And also the generational gap between like the elders versus, you know, millennials and the young, like it's always like, oh, like this, uh, I don't like these little these mm. kids. They just don't know the music, and it's just like, okay, you don't under. It's just like a lack of understanding, and just mm-hmm. like we need to bridge that gap and come together and really be in community with each other because each generation can learn from one another. Mm-hmm. You know, things are always changing. Just because you're younger doesn't necessarily mean you don't know anything. You may, right. you know, like that's that's not true, and we have to stop that kind of thinking. But also, just like. Like if you see some kids walking, you know, like hey, I can go, I can actually go pick up your kids this week. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to, they don't have to walk this far or whatever. Just like really be in community with each other and really mm-hmm. know. So I feel like that would be one of like the first steps. That I would say like, well, do you know these kids? Like how many kids on your block? Like maybe you just like you know you and some neighbors get together, have a little potluck, you know, feed some, you know, feed the kids, do whatever mm-hmm. you got to do, you know, like just like really help each other like really get to know each other like have a black a block party mm-hmm. you know just do do some stuff like that that would be my suggestion too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i got a couple questions for y'all so wait what year did y'all come out of college just so i don't i don't want to ask y'all your age so <laughs> that'll give me some indication for me it was 2013 for you Rashad? i came out 2014 2015 okay so and what about you 11 so you guys get back from school and like talk about like what life was like for like you and the people you were surrounding after after school i mean for me i'm not gonna hold y'all up i kicked it you know what i mean i've always like you've been deep rooted in political and social issues but because of the people i was around and us trying to kind of keep that college mindset going we kind of wanted to relive college 
when we started having these conversations that surpassed the Kanye conversations, it was kind of like, here you go with that back to Africa. I don't know if y'all ever heard Nas, mm-hmm. uh, Black Girl Lost, but here you go with that back to Africa shit. You know what I'm saying? So kind of talk about, I don't know if you guys experienced that, you know what I mean, with the peer, your peer groups and then kind of having to realize that you had to separate yourself from that uh, because it was ta- like talking to a broken record or talking to a wall yeah um i would say i definitely am that friend that will constantly like uh have those conversations and be like black this black that black like everything right black power yes black power and um like even day even today like my friends like i'm that friend in the friend group i for me it was like i'll also say since i went to a predominantly white institution it was like i had a lot of um, white folks in my circle that coming back into Detroit that kind of went away as well. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> so it was, uh, I would say I um, really uh, got more into like the queer black community here in Detroit, right? Okay. Um, so it was a lot of um, a lot of stuff that was going on with the LGBTQ community, a lot of conversations around that. You mean um, like a lot of activism? Yeah, yeah. And just like the scene and going out, hanging with folks and things like that. Um, that was a large part of that conversation. Um, but then as I would say, like, I think the change in Detroit kind of made it a little bit more of an easier topic to bring up for mm. folks. Like as folks have seen like, wow, why is downtown Midtown getting wider, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are these areas getting a lot of attention that our areas that we hang out in or that we live in aren't, right? Mm. Um, so I think a lot of that feel that. But, I, I mean, still to this day, it's still like a conversation, like just like, oh, you bring that up again. But it's still, but I think folks see like the passion behind it mm. um, and also see like the change that's happening in the city. That's like, okay, I'm going to listen to you for a little bit, even if it's just a little bit. But, mm. yeah. Uh, hopefully that answer yeah yes yeah yeah it, it was it's a uh, lead on question okay. too, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the place where I'm just like meeting people where they at like at first I'm like oh you don't understand I you need to get out my circle I'm trying to grow but then it's like okay but I'm an organizer and I organize people mm. like people of all different backgrounds who may not have you know mm. be where I'm at or you know read the things I read but that's okay because we can mm-hmm. talk about love and hip-hop Let's go. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I watch it too. Like, yeah, you hear she that got back with Kirk, and you know, like toxic masculinity. There we go again. Let's talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. why are women so inclined to feel like we need, you know, exes? Like, you can bring in, you know, you can use those things yeah. to implement what mm-hmm. you want to talk about. Exactly, because mm-hmm. powerful, right? And they know, they know this stuff. It's just like it's seeded into different things that they are into. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, cool. Let's let's talk about it. So now I'm like. I listen to 1075 you know I'm like damn this is what we're talking about now okay cool like this is what the people will listen to that's what I'm listening to like I need mm-hmm, to know mm-hmm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. let you respond for it before I yeah sure so um I think just generally like within like friend groups um there's there's always like they feel like the need the need to like make a community action but I feel like a lot of people just don't have that outlet like me like going back to my story right and mm-hmm. just like going to that meeting and then like getting access to like all oh, these are things um, you can make tangible change. Like most people in my friend groups, even though they may not be like doing, doing like specific things, I feel like they have like at least a level of empathy and mm. just being able to actually like coming from my perspective, somebody who once didn't have that, and like then being able to give language to that, I think actually helps people kind of connect to it. Um, yeah, I, I think 
I think ultimately it's like as an organizer you have to realize it's about like building relationships building authentic relationships mm-hmm. and one thing that I, I think I started I started to kind of distance myself from, from people but then mm-hmm. I realized that like compartmentalizing mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. is actually really a disservice to mm-hmm. the work because if I'm only surrounding myself with these mm-hmm. quote unquote woke people with these quote unquote activists mm-hmm. then you'll never be really be able to build sustainable mm-hmm. so you really have to break out of your zone and mm-hmm. be able to agitate a little bit and I think if you're able to do it in a very authentic manner without a you know feeling like this is like some kind of like ponzi scheme business deal like <laughs> people are like coming in like if you're not coming at them at that on that mm-hmm. on that wavelength and i think you're always able to like um build something with people. Mm-hmm. yeah gentrification is real so um and violent yes and so it's kind of it's kind of funny that like three or four years makes a difference because when I came back from school like Midtown was starting to kind of come together but it wasn't like connecting like how Campus Marshes Midtown New Center and then even Highland Park is starting to connect a little bit so visual is everything um, but I will say it is very powerful on how you're taking a look at it is you have to meet people where they are and you can't also be afraid to be that back to Africa friend you know <laughs> what I mean you just can't be mm-hmm. because you know I'm not a religious person, but I do understand the strengths of certain verses that let your little light shine. People should always be able to see that light in you because when they do get the visual, they'll know where to come. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to tell y'all that that's powerful, that you're not afraid to, in this generation where you can be into so many different things, um, you're not afraid to be connected to your roots and be that voice for the community because um, there's a lot of different things that we have privilege to see but understanding those things is a is a different level and that's where you mm-hmm. guys are at so that's mm-hmm. education is powerful so just wanted to say that wow. yeah. I, I just wanted to say I'm surrounded by millennials <laughs> 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 and it's cool it's awesome I love it this is like um, you know like when you go to the spa and you get like rejuvenated or you go what did Prince say in the waters of Minnetonka it's like, you know, being around folks who um, who just are really refreshing, uh, are really uh, have a lot of wonderful, exciting spirit, um, and are just really passionate about um, liberation and really passionate about um, our people. Like, uh, I'm just really honored to be around all the people in the room right now. So really? I really appreciate that y'all are like sharing yourselves and being authentic. You know what I'm saying? And, like, letting folks know how she, to, uh, how to talk- throw it down. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> she, she talked about it. You know, you are the queen of bridging the gap. You got to bridge the gap. You, If you know you're in a different generation, you can't use that to a disadvantage. You have to find ways to use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you do, Piper. So, yes. thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. That's what's Thanks. up. You guys got to come back. Um Cause you guys do a lot of different work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I mean this summer we gotta bring you back, maybe by the fall, mm-hmm. to talk about. Cause I'm I'm sure by then y'all have some more, something else yes. y'all gonna be into. We're knock it down some something. more walls, yeah. some more, <laughs> some more. What is it? Not holistic thumping. What did you say? <laughs> oh, I mean that, that sounds that, interesting. I like that. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to get right. some of that. All right. uh, holistic <laughs> turn up. Yeah, the holistic turn up. Yes. We just like to use holistic in yes. front of everything, <laughs> right? And it just makes it sound so Righteous. much better. 
Yeah, this is dope. Um, but just, you know, because we're ending and just in case folks are lazy, uh, just say <laughs> once again um, all the points that they can connect with you, like um, say the event, like when, it, like, you know, the campaign, um, the event, like when things are happening and um, your website, social media, how folks can get involved. The quiet storm voice, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want to give us that quiet storm voice. Yeah, so we are currently engaged in um, the Black Mamas bailout. So, folks, can if you know of folks who need to be bailed out, you can give us an email, send us an email at Detroit.chapter at byp100.org. Um, we are also having an event to come up coming up for Juneteenth, um, happening on Juneteenth, which is June 19th, um, from 6 to 9 at the Charles H. Wright Museum on African American History. Um, it's a free event, food, fun, a historic bike ride, and a conversation about redefining community safety. Um, so that's at the Charles H. Wright Museum. Um, on June 19th from 6 to 9. We're going to be talking about um, our efforts with the bailout, um, the jail that they're trying to build, um, the Project Greenlight, and the Blue um, Lives Matter bills. And folks can check us out on social media, um, BYP100. We're also on Twitter, BYP underscore 100. Um, and we're on Instagram with BYP100. So we're on all the social media. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in joining, if you're 18, 35 years old and black, um, send us an email. Um, if you're just really ready to throw down with the chapter two and you're not in those age range, we still want to hear from you. We still want to be in community with you. So, yeah. Oh my God, I feel better. <laughs> I went on a website, like, I'm out. <laughs> uh, you're not you're not out you're not no, out no. Okay. no no one's out no. exactly. well thanks for coming through thanks for all the work y'all do thanks for being awesome um here's some love and protection for y'all out there throwing your bodies and hearts and minds um on the struggle you know what i'm saying for liberation we love y'all we appreciate y'all um and thank you Brittany, for coming through always and and lending us your expertise and um you know being the uh the voice of uh, the millennials always on our show. <laughs> <laughs> always. Keep it, keeping, us, keeping me up to date, upgraded. You know what I'm saying? Um, and thank you to Joe Black back there doing the engineering. Thank you, bro. That's what's up. Um, shouts out to Kari. Uh, Kari's downstairs doing his mogul thing. He's being a mogul. <laughs> Got to keep the house together. Got to keep it tight. <laughs> so we love you, Kari. And um, so, yeah, this is Piper Carter Podcast. Um, you know, on Detroit is different. Um, so Detroit is different.com and uh, at Detroit is different on social media. And yeah, you know what? Uh, just real quick before we go, I think I'm going to start taking emails. People keep asking me if I'm going to take phone calls. Uh, never. I will never, <laughs> ever <laughs> take phone calls on this podcast. But we will take we will take emails. And so starting next week, I think we're going to start implementing the emails um, so just get your email ready uh, this week and think about what you want to send me, um, whether it's show topics. Tell me about what's going on in your world. Tell me about how um, what you're dealing with with the police. I think I want to start at having people send me their police stories, their police horror stories. I want to give that to BYP. I think y'all might be able to use that 
in the future some letters emails from things that people have been going through with police so let's start let's do that for the summer we're gonna write letters uh to me about your police experience um and you know let us know about your birthdays anniversaries anything you want us to um send you uh get karma for um yeah births um even you know deaths people we need to pray for people we need to keep in mind but i want it in an email i love you community i love you but i don't want to hear from you no just kidding (laughs) kind of no just kidding yeah so next week so yeah um piper carter podcast check us out oh real quick we've been uh now we got about 1500 uh listeners so this is our eighth episode so folks are listening so um keep listening keep sharing and yeah keep working in your community don't just be about it get up off your ass and do something all right peace peace